welcome to MiceCast with your host Greg, Mike, and I'm still calling him Shaft. All right. That's fine. Good. I'm glad you like it. It's an old habit that's dying hard. Well, all those different names Greg keeps coming up with. Just, just some, some of them are suggestions. Some of them were suggestions. I know Tonto. Someone suggested Tonto. That doesn't work. Drawn a mouse came on an email. That was better, but still. Uh, that was okay. our overpaid intern. Oh, that's right. That I gotta say that, that he earned his, he earned his keep on that one. That is one of the better he's ones. He's been slacking still. lately. I haven't had over unders in like a month. Oh, ouch. Yeah. All right. So, him, you know, I, I was I was just telling Mike I had my moment till shortly a little bit ago with. I, I don't think you, I don't think you can get any. Well, you might get sympathy from Greg. I just doubt it. But if you want to share it with him, go ahead. Yeah, I. My son was making popcorn, smelled good, so I tried to go get some. He wouldn't let me. I tried to wrestle him for it. He won. That is pathetic. Isn't that sad that he admits it? it, it it's finally crossed that time. He's, he's like a quarter of your size. No, <laughs> not anymore. Okay, no. he, he may have your height, but I sincerely doubt he has your mass. Yeah, he doesn't have your bulk. <laughs> Are you saying he has your mass, Richard? No, he doesn't have my mask, fortunately. Okay. okay, so you should have been able to so, box him out. You should have been able to, you know, wedge yourself in there. And I would, Richard's not, you know, the one we've necessarily known for, you know, his strength and agility. <laughs> my thinking ability. Uh, <laughs> sure. It's all that gray matter. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going with that story, that's, that's fine. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I had two quick notes from the parks. All right, good, because they might dovetail into what I got to say, so you go ahead and start. Okay, first one was, of course, we had The View filming over in Disneyland Park just recently. Um, all I can say is company, it was interesting. It was interesting how? Uh, it's it's just interesting having a live television show going on in the park. It's It's been quite a while since I've seen the. They actually did, they were only there for the three days. Monday, they did the live show, and then they did Thursday, taped Thursday show. Tuesday was live show, taped Friday show, and then Wednesday was the live show. So, when was the last time a live television show was broadcast from Disneyland? Uh, I can't think of when, I mean, it's been that long. I mean, even the... Uh, we all know the Christmas parades are pre-taped. Christmas parades are pre-taped. In fact, they did that the week before. And even the uh, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve, I hate to break the news to everybody, that's all taped a couple weeks prior. Uh, so, What about, was there any live red carpet stuff for Pirates? No? Uh, just on the news. No, and none of that was live. I mean, it was just news segments. So Nothing. Yeah, it, it was just kind of uh, interesting watching something 1990, like, the 35th anniversary? Well, I, I, I take that back. Okay, the 50th anniversary, we had a couple live, you know, 10 minutes or, you know, three or five minute sound bites where we had a couple shows that were live. But it's just not something. But those were overseas, I think. I don't remember anything domestic for the most part. Greg, do you have any memories of any live television shows? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have memories of one that Richard and I were actually in the. Well, no, that, that was probably taped early, too. Uh, um,. I've got some pictures of Danny Kay in the park, but that was yeah. all recorded. That was that was filmed. Uh, okay, no, I'm going to back I, off a little bit. I can't, you know, personally, because it's been 
so long. Other than um, the park hop and party covering the you know the Christmas parade, I can't think of anything. <laughs> Is that live? Of course, it was live. It looked okay. live to me. Okay. <laughs> Nobody. We didn't have the Walking Dead yet. Um. Huh. No, you know, I, I I'm trying to think. Um. Of all the specials, because I know I was thinking they were setting up for one at Disney World, but it was being pre-done because it was a Christmas one, and they were filming in October, I think. Um, I think that's what was being set up. No, I, you know, I can't. I honestly can't think of one, but I, you know, I never really cared or paid that much attention to. Oh, okay. That those in, in those days, you know, there might have been something. I just don't remember it. I, I usually the the Disney. I've been actually been very disappointed with all productions about the park or celebrations in the park since Walt's days. To me, they've gone from where Walt used to like to really show off the park to, you know, you get a glimpse of something and then we have a really cheesy staged production uh, by B actors that want to sing. Like I can, I just have this. Remember the David Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff and uh, Donna Summers. I think a whole bunch of them. That might have been for the. 25th maybe uh, I think that was the 30th because the I was working there when we did that it just seems so. so cheesy you know David okay I realize David's like a god in it, Europe somewhere Germany. yeah Germany I think somewhere yeah. over there but here he's just Knight Rider or like that's on the uh, beach you know and Baywatch Baywatch um, it was Knight Rider right that was the other one he was yes. on yeah, yeah. I, I don't know I just it, if those things feel re- really flat to me and and they have just like even the you know the tapes you buy or tapes you know dvds of what the park is and i i still have my favorite one that i bought back when mark and i went in 70 or excuse me 82 i don't know there was just something about the production to me that was much more genuine than the productions now which seem to be sell 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 not that I'm against capitalism, but just I, I don't know. There was something. There was something about you know we talk about old school Disney versus new school, and it was just I don't know. It seemed to me a little more genuine than uh, the Flash that they use in some of them now. Okay. Now, what's but, your other note there, Richard? You said oh, you, that was you said, it. Oh, yeah, okay. You said a couple of notes. Oh uh, well, that so I know view. one one that Greg wanted. Sabatuma. the other note i was going to bring up i was going to let greg bring it was uh uh greg uh posted that one article from wall street journal on his facebook there you mean oh well that's not disney related that's not very it's 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 close enough uh yeah i mean I, i don't know if we want to go into it right at the moment but it was um interesting to see that you know they're going to spend a little more money in this uh you know for a long time yeah, for a short time, maybe, because I don't think that all fans know that Disney hasn't always made all their animatronics. Um, and, you know, this um, Holt Productions, uh, Garner Holt, who did, uh, I refuse to call it Murphy, even though I just spilled that. You know, you got the oh. dragon, the phantasmic dragon. You've got the um, some of the figures, especially the uh, disappearing... Um, Guy in the um, why am I uh, Monsters Inc. Uh, the bad dude, you know, that disappears in the Randall in, Boggs. Randall, yeah, yeah, that's that's one of theirs. Uh, the Cars Land uh, Racers, uh, those are their. I mean, they created those, so they've got a long history of some really good animation. They're also they just did Knotts' uh, Mountain Timber Log Ride. They just redid that. 
and now they're going to do the mine train. Uh, so it's and you know as much as everybody you know especially the Disney fans always talk about how Disney pioneered the theme park. Knott's claims, and again, you know, it could be hollow. It depends on where you come from. They claim to be the nation's oldest theme park. Well, I mean, not Walter Knott put the ghost town in what back in the forties uh, when it. I'm not sure if it was the. 40s. I want, no, I want to. I want to say it was the thirties because it was during the Depression era. I remember reading the article about it that he had his farm going. And his wife was doing the chicken dinners, and the chicken dinners really took off real big during the Depression era. So that would have had to have been the 30s. I, I know that that's why he put it in, was to entertain people while they were waiting. And for a long time, you didn't have to pay to go to Knott's. Knott's was free. Even when they had the two rides, you just paid. You paid for the ride. For the rides, and that was it, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. You know, the... Um, uh, you know, as, as a former Knotts employee back in the day when I, I would say, um, you know, it was kind of their heyday. It was a, a lot better shape than it is now, and it hasn't, you know, wasn't just a place to put in steel roller coasters like, you know, Magic Mountain or something. Um, you know, I kind of went with that because, you know, it, uh, there's I just read a story recently that Walt was inspired by what he saw. At Knott's Berry Farm with the the log ride and the calico mine train uh, to do things differently and and bigger at Disneyland. It was he was impressed by it. So um, well, I was going to say so you were the, talking about you know you were talking about being there during their heyday. You were working there when Walter Knott was still alive and still wandering around the property, right? I actually well, I don't know if I. Ever, how much he was up and moving around, but I, I delivered something to his double wide, uh, trailer that was in the, in the back. You, know, you want to call it the, uh, backstage area. They didn't use those terms, uh, back then, but, um, I don't even remember what I delivered. They said, just take this, you know, over to Walter's, uh, might've been some food. I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, don't, don't remember. All I remember is I had went to his trailer for something. For all I know, he wasn't even there. It was somebody else that, because I, you know, I didn't actually meet him. I was just delivering it to whoever picked it up at the trailer. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but yeah. So yeah, Richard, it, 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 yeah, he was still around. So, you know, you kind of felt good about that. It's kind of like the people who remember being there. Maybe they never saw Walt, but they knew they worked in the era that Walt was there. Um, and I think people hold on to that, uh, Again, remembering Disneyland's probably heyday. I think Disneyland's had a couple, what I'd call a couple heyday eras, uh, you know, as they've gone up and down on their roller coaster of uh, success in bad years. But yeah. Well, one thing I was going to say about Knott's Berry Farm, you guys remember the uh, Wind Seeker or Wind Streaker or whatever that thing was? <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> Oh, the that, that stranded people way the hell up there yeah, for hours. Yeah, stories up in the air and no way to, you know, left them up there for four or five hours at a time. Uh, the crane is in place. They are going to start dismantling it, I guess, uh, this week. So it's going bye-bye. What's funny it, about that is they ha- uh, Cedar Fair has another one of those that's been operating um, successfully for quite some time. I don't understand... What's wrong with this one? Uh, from what I read in the paper, they're going to dismantle this, move it to another one of their parks, and reassemble it at another park. 
probably but, outside of California. Uh, what I've also written outside of California, because what I heard, Cal OSHA will not allow them to uh, operate it here. All right, Richard. And just to, to update you, uh, 1940 Living Ghost Town uh, tribute started with free entertainment, um, and not see they changed their name to Knott's Berry Place to Knott's Berry Farm at 47. Stagecoach 49, Calico Saloon 51, uh, the Railroad and Ghost Town 52, um, the Haunted Shack 54. So yeah, a lot of, you know, this is this is prior to Disneyland. You know, so yeah. though they weren't charging at the gate, um, the idea of a themed area. I mean, see, Calico Mine Train opened in '60, uh, the Log Ride in '69. Uh, how's it, that? to your uh, Pacific Ocean Park over in Santa Monica. What was Santa Monica? Pacific Ocean Park competed directly with Disneyland. Uh, in fact, was doing better than Disneyland uh, for a while. But I wanted to say before you mentioned that, and I'll go look up uh, uh, POP, but the, they claim on the Calico Mine Ride to have the first themed and hidden queue. Because, you know... I'm, other than that, they do have some switchbacks yes. out in front, but, most but of it's it does go back into an area that you can say is themed, and it's hidden. So uh, prior to that, I mean, we'd see, what did we just say? That opened in Calico Mine Ride, 1960. I mean, I can't think of anything at Disneyland by the 60s that would have been hidden and themed. Not that no, there was something themed, but not necessarily hidden and themed. I don't know if there's a big... Well, would be the distinction between that, but you know, up to that point, your uh, most recent attractions would have been the monorail and Matterhorn and uh, submarines, and those all have just exposed cues standing out in front of the attractions, and still to this day, have, for the most part, still have just exposed cues out in front of the attractions. Yeah, with nothing really exciting to think about or look, you know, it's just it's there's a queue, you know. Let's see, Pacific Ocean Park. Um, or P.O.P. as it is uh, nicknamed. Uh, let's see. Um, what are you looking up? Pacific Ocean Park. What, the hour, The how long it was around, or what? No, when it opened. Because um, I did, well, a while ago, because I was talking to, I think it was Nate on the um, um, that other podcast. That Wedway? We, uh, no, not that. Oh, no, wrong one. Sorry, not Nate. Um, uh, Guy. Oh, okay. So, what was was that? The, <laughs> uh, drunk sorry. on Disney? No, no, no. Yeah, well, drunk on Disney and uh, the Adventure Podcast. But the um, every time I think of Guy, I think of of um, Guy Galaxy. Smiley. No, from the Muppets. No, okay. No, no. Galaxy Quest. When you know Crewman. Oh. Fifty whatever he says, <laughs> Guy, and they're like Guy. You know, the aliens are like Guy. Who's this guy? You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, it opened in nineteen. 1958, the July 28th, uh, 1958. So literally, you know, uh, three years and a few days after, after Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah. Um, and they, they um, what's <laughs> POP also used as a clever acronym for pay one price. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I, I read a while back um, somewhere that for a while, they were kicking Disney's ass or Disneyland's ass. And there's another park that used to be in New York. And Guy found this interesting. He didn't know about it. I don't think until we talked about it. It it had a lot of hallmarks of Disneyland in um, 
uh, some of Disneyland's people left in the very early years and opened this park in New York. Um, let's see if I can find it. And it, uh, if I could spell things. Uh, oh, the... Oh, those nights. And no, it's, you know, Fat Finger not really being a typist. I mean, last time I took a, you know, typing class really was in, in high school. Um... Let's see. I'll put Disneyland Light Park. New. You're trying. You're, you're exercising your Google foo, are you? Yes, I am. Um, but Pacific Ocean Park was only open for nine. Uh, what? Shoot. I think it closed nine six, years. Nine years. Yeah, sixty-seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh wait. Let's see. Oh yeah, because they say the climactic scene in the final episode of the television series The Fugitive Judgment Part Two was shot at Pacific Ocean Park, filmed on location just prior to the park's closure in, in the fall of 1967. Uh, I, yeah, I remember before my dad died, we had went down there because uh, I don't know with what job, but he had worked on Pacific Ocean Park building or doing machine work or something out there. So we were kind of just looking through the fences when the you know the buildings and, and stuff were still there. Um, well, if, if Wikipedia were to be believed, the city of Santa Monica screwed P.O.P. over. Uh, you know, they began a re- urban renewal project. Buildings in the surrounding area demolished, and streets leading to the park were closed. As a result, visitors found it hard to reach the park, and tenants plummeted to six hundred twenty-one thousand in nineteen sixty-five, and less than four hundred thousand in nineteen sixty-six. Well, knowing Santa Monica, I wouldn't doubt it. But um, uh, Freedom Land USA is what I was uh, mm. thinking, and it opened in nineteen sixty and closed in nineteen sixty-four. That's not very long. They talk about having five operating seasons because in an area that gets snow and, you know, severe yeah. weather, they have operational seasons. And um, uh, it says, see, that uh, Freedom Land was conceived by Cornelius Vanderbilt Wood, a young Texan who was previously, wait, who had previously worked in the planning, construction, and management of Disneyland, hired by Walt Disney in 1953. Wood was a person who selected the Orange site, Orange Grove site in Anaheim, California, where Disneyland was eventually built, if you, again, believe uh, Wikipedia. But if you've never looked this up um, or looked at pictures of this place, it's actually kind of cool. And I, it would have been a place I think I would have it, – it, it's no uh, – uh, not a dreamland. I mean, it's actually <laughs> – if you search for images – and the park was kind of laid out – Kind of like the, the map of the United States, uh, so you, if like I say you gotta you gotta check it out. It's actually really really cool. Um, they had like a, what is this? It's the they had this area where it, it's like they'd reenact the Chicago fire. So they they've got like firemen out there putting a fire out. So it's sort of like a burning down the park type of thing, you know, where that you know you have a burning building or whatever. Um, but they, they really had a lot of cool things there. It, uh, they had a paddle wheeler, not unlike Disneyland. They had a horse-drawn carriage, but they had two horses, tandem, drawn the carriage. Uh, a firehouse, not unlike Disneyland. I, mean, I say, you look at the pictures, and you're going to go, okay, I can... Freedom USA, can, you said? Freedom USA, yeah. They had a Skyway-type ride. Um, you know, a train. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I thought it was a... A cool place. And uh, who knows? I didn't really read. I don't really remember what the downfall 
Freedom uh, Park. Uh, okay. If it was weather, if it was you know not enough people, uh, and there's some YouTube stuff out there too, videos of it. But uh, okay, yeah, kind of a. I can't see. It's in the. Uh, see, it was. Uh, you you know New York kind of, don't you, Mike? From yeah, sure. It's in an area called Baychester area, the northeastern part of the borough of Bronx. Bronx. Okay, so everyone's from the uh, Brooklyn and the Bronx. Okay, yeah. world's largest entertainment center. I see. I'm I'm on the uh, Freedom Park USA. Are you Freedom on? Land USA? Yeah. Usually right. just called Freedom Land. Are you on the uh... wiki? Good old wiki. <laughs> yeah. Owner Cornelius Vanderbilt Wood, huh? Twenty-eight rides, one roller coaster. 1956. Interesting. Well, yeah. Magic Mountain near Denver closed in 1916, revitalized Southern California in 71. Pleasure Island in Wakefield, Massachusetts. Hmm. Are you familiar with that? No. No. But, you know, I just think it's. Well, but look at it. It, it uh, The Wakefield Island 59 closed in 69, you know. Disneyland of the Northeast, 10 years. Several owners, financial handicap. Yeah, relatively short summers, of course. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's what I think has really helped both of Disney's uh, domestic parks is there's really no shutting them down. I mean, even with severe weather, people can still really come because it's not severe as rain. And people can deal with rain with, you know, coverage or hidden queues or, um, you know, inside buildings. You, You know, running a theme park in the snow just doesn't work well they, they, they had some really severe weather a few years back in florida yeah but three hurricanes but you know i was going to say one thing i think also that walt had a big huge advantage was television he had a studio and television on in his favor i don't i'm sure that had anywhere where they had anything where they were doing any kind of similar oh, advertising with this true i mean walking into it he was promoting it before it even broke ground um not to say that you know magic uh, not magic mountain because it's um, Six Flags hasn't done well for its type of places, and some of them I think run seasonally, as do Cedar Fairs. You know, uh, they're in the north or northeast, uh, just because. Um, you know, again, uh, seasons and weather. And my my first amusement park job was at a par- amusement park in the northeast. Which and- was it? Uh, the chocolate one? No, not. <laughs> I think the chocolate one's open year round. Actually, is it? I think so. No, the place I worked at was seasonal. It it opened in the spring, provided the weather was okay. I think the first day of open was April 1st, around there, and it was only open on weekends. And they didn't go into full-time seven days a week until almost Memorial Day. Well, you know, Tragic Mountain uh, up there in Valencia used – I don't know what their hour – because I never go anymore, but – it used to be it would be just the weekends until summer or, you know, a uh, stint through Christmas vacation and things like that. Otherwise, it was a weekend park. I mean, Knott's, when I worked there, was closed two days a week, as was Disneyland. You know, uh, no one was a seven-day operation other than Disney World. It was the only one I, I knew of as a seven-day operation when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if I, I forget. I mean, it's been so many years. But, yeah, Disneyland during the winter. Monday, Tuesday, we were closed. And Knott's was uh, Wednesday, Thursday. What, what, you were Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, so we were Wednesday, Thursday, I think, because they were never the, yeah. weren't the same days. That was smart, right? Oh, it was really smart. <laughs> you read this line. Smart. By January 1956, Wood had been fired from Disneyland, 
To this day, the Walt Disney Company refuses to acknowledge any role played by him in the creation of the first Disney theme park. So all this stuff up here, I'm actually surprised because, you know, usually Wikipedia is fairly good at, you know, saying citation needed. And I don't see any citation needed for all these claims that this guy <laughs> picked the Orange Grove and, you know, was involved in this and all that. Um you know, because Wiki's been getting better. I, I'm not going to say it's perfect or great, but, you know, what encyclopedia is, because it's still, though, I don't know, our old encyclopedias didn't have too much opinion. It was pretty much the facts, ma'am. But, you know, um, anything that's written is subject to the writer's um, or the editor's kind of uh, slant that they want to put it in there. Yeah, no, I think they've kind of gotten around, around no, they, some of that stuff. Yeah, they took a big hit when... Uh, yeah, you know, when they found out some like what, eighteen year old was like editing like medical stuff or something. <laughs> got what the thing was. Well, I, I admittedly was looking at uh, a subject a couple nights ago on Wik- on Wikipedia, and right at the very top in this big red box with red letters, all caps, it says, "This is uh, subject to many different opinions. Interpretation will vary. Blah blah. It's not necessarily the exact, you know." information information contained here is not exactly factual take it as you will yeah i mean it's a it's a place that i'll make a first quick stop to because it always you know will sort high but then you know you start jumping at least i do i start jumping around looking for other sources well it can also jog some memory yeah yeah i mean sometimes we're like especially for us here we're just like oh what year did tower terror Because, you know, the, the fanboys oh. are out there putting all that stuff in there. Oh, by the way, speaking of fanboys, boys, uh, did you guys get my emails I sent you about two interesting fan-created uh, things? Yes. I watched one of them as, long, as far Star as I could. Star Trek. Yeah, that one was... The Star Wars or the Star Trek? No, the Star Wars one was kind of... Do you see it? But I, I know. I thought it was cheesy, but did you see where they filmed it? Yeah. I can even see... There was a... Um, yeah, I mean, these guys actually went to, to Na- Tunisia, uh-huh. Tunisia to film in the original sets, which I thought was kind of cool. I well, mean, how fanboys, you know, would actually try and do that. That's not an easy and cheap th- trip to do. You well, know? what's even more cool is people went out there with their own money and rebuilt those sets. I know. I thought that was... Before and, those guys and, showed up. And what I've also found interesting, and you know, and now what I really like... Star Wars is on the table because it's freaking Disney. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll posted, see how they do with it. We'll see how they yeah. do. Remember when you posted that picture of the like the F four, the F eight fours flying over yeah. the uh, Jedi being filmed right. out in there? And, and I guarantee you that was cleaned up because it's it's the states in California. But that one in Tun- Tunisia just left, walked yeah. away. We're done. See ya. <laughs> Uh, the, the the advantages of filming outside the country. That's right. Well, yes and no. There was that uh, story that came out a few years ago. Now, granted, we're talking about back in the 1920s, but when they did uh, early version of uh, Ben-Hur, I want to say up in, uh, what, what are those dunes up northern L.A., right against Ventura? Is that- Wait, dunes? You're not thinking yeah. of uh, Pismo Beach. No, 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 not that far north. Uh, was it like Indian Dunes, or I can't remember the name of the dunes near where they filmed Mash? Mash was inland. Yeah, that's guys. Indian Dunes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, okay. uh, um, past Moore Park. Uh, did they, did they leave the set there? 
Dagnabbit. They left this. Not only did they leave the set there, they broke it down and buried it in the sand. Well, that's. Um, they put it yeah. in. It's standing. They they buried it. They buried it. Uh, well, they destroyed part of it and just buried the parts out there. Um, well, there was, but they didn't leave the you know the thing standing up, just decrep you know decaying over the years. No, no, they they tore it. They broke it down, um, and then just buried then you know buried it underneath the sand. There was like a college uh, archaeology class that was just out there just doing you know survey excavation they stumbled on this and suddenly there was this big news oh they found something that was aztec or, oh. or something out there and for about a week everybody's going what is this until somebody remembered oh yeah that's where they filmed ben-hur back in the 20s well and now you you say that i there is a uh, a set for i think it was john wayne's alamo movie and it, it they left it it's uh let's see if i can find it and they, you know they built it up to be like what it really was not not like if you've ever been to the real alamo in san antonio it's n not much you know it's the mission basically all the most of the outer walls are gone it's not what you know would have been in the time of uh you know the yeah and but this well, it was, it was the fourth built, the, yeah the set that they built is everything all the walls uh, right not just the church yes alamo set john Wynn there well, it you know, it depends on where it is and what's happening. Um, the I'm trying. I want to say it was she wore a yellow ribbon. There's a set where there was this lean-to that uh, John Wayne and I want to say Henry Fonda was in it. But I'm think probably thinking of two different movies where it was done out in Monument Valley. The lean-to and everything is still out there. They still take care of it. It's actually on this uh, uh, ranch. It's a uh, I don't want to call it a dude ranch. It is, and it's a vacation ranch. It's a hotel and everything that's in the Navajo country. And the lean-to and everything is still on the exact same spot, exactly the way it looked uh, 60, 70 years ago when they made the movie. Took a picture of my son out there with the uh, monuments in the background. Same type of shot that uh, John Wayne had in the movie. So there's that uh, where they filmed African Queen is up there in Simi Valley. They had they built a small lake uh, where the boat would go through, and there's these little pockets that you would climb into that had glass uh, portholes that you could shoot the camera of to be able to get the underside of the boat when it was going through the different areas. Um, when I was out there, oh gee, I want to say it was cl doggone close to about ten years ago. The pond was drained. There was nothing out there, and you could still see the glass ports. They were getting ready to refill it. They were just redoing it, and it's now part of a community park. But this is the lake where they filmed it all. So it depends on, you know, if there's a need and the community wants to take care of it, a lot of times they'll leave some of that stuff standing. Yeah, I'd say in this guy here, um, the one that was built for, uh, it's called Alamo Village. They call it a movie set and a tourist attraction. It's in Brackettville, Texas, and um, it's they built basically the whole village uh, that would have been there. It says that um, in '95, Governor George W. Bush named uh, James T. Happy Shahan and Shahan, <laughs> the father of the Texas movie industry. So. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and there's, of course... You're just murdering their names. That's awesome. Oh, you know, S-H-A-H-A-N. Shahan? I don't know. You tell me. I can't, I can't but... I'll just, say, the, I'll just uh, be quiet and let you do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't care if I butcher a name. People butcher Mine's only four letters, and people butcher it. You know, it's... it's so who knows? Okay. There's that famous story also in Philadelphia where the when they were doing Rocky Four and they had the statue where Sylvester Stone goes up the stairs there. I think, what is it, City Hall or the courthouse up there? Yeah. It's, oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually an art museum. Yeah. It's an art museum? Yeah. And, and the movie companies offered to leave the statue there. That would be perfect since it's an art museum. Offered to leave the statue there after they left. And they said, thank you, but no thank you. Please remove it and clean the area up properly. Actually, I believe I that statue the, is still I there. I think the statue is there. Is well, it still there? Philadelphia, yeah. The, the little you know, double-decker bus takes you right by that. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still there. Because they tell everybody, everybody who thinks they want to run up and down that, uh, yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. Actually, I see something here. Uh, Rocky statue removed. Let's see what that says. Maybe, I mean, I saw it, what, four or five years ago. Uh, the 72 stone steps to the entrance of the Philadelphia Museum of Art in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania has become known as the Rocky Steps. Um, I've been there. It's been a long time. The statue of Rocky was briefly situated at the top of the steps for the filming of Rocky Three. This statue, now located at the bottom right of the steps, in a popular photo opportunity for visitors. The top of the steps offers a commanding view. Okay. Um, so it's at the bottom, it looks like, okay. not at the top. It's moved it for their little photo op. Interestingly enough, you know, it's like what was kind of sad when I, at least sad to me, is we're on this double-decker bus and they're talking about it. They've got this. You've been there, right, Mike? To where? Philadelphia. Yes. And you've got that big, let's say, motorway or parkway. That used to be all like brownstones, um, and they cleared it out because they wanted this grand, like, uh, at least that's what the guy was claiming, this grand parkway or driveway for the cars to go up and down. But, you know, all this historic old Philadelphia torn down just to make... Yeah, there's like one street of those brownstones left. Yeah. Over, It's not too far from the old Pennsylvania State House. Yeah, there's actually a lot of filming that's been um, been done. You know, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the the opening. There's a shot that we drove by where the, he's playing basketball that was shot there. Uh, but it, anyways, it's it's Philadelphia is an interesting uh, city to visit. I had a good time. Yeah. yeah, I'd recommend it. I think I like Boston better, but Philly was fun. I like Boston better too. Yeah, it's I don't know something about Philly. You know, a lot of I don't know. It's like there's there's a you know the the old section where Independence Hall is. Or well, well, like, you know, the, the we were, no, sorry, I had a flash to a movie. Um, it, I don't know. There's just so much modern around it. You know, I don't know. I it, not that Boston doesn't have its modern side, but something about Boston had a better vibe to me. I was just saying that uh, you know, Philadelphia is considered the cradle of. American Revolution, not the Revolution, but the cradle of the, you know the American government, right? Yeah. But Massachusetts and Boston, in, in particular, really got their, you know, took the brunt of the start at the start of the Rev, uh, of the American Revolution. They all the bad shit was happening in in Massachusetts. They well, just, yeah, they just got their ass kicked, really. Yeah, and if it really wasn't for 
Samuel and John Adams, who really, you know, if anybody should have been a first president because they were the kind of the the spearhead of the uh, revolution or the freedom movement, if you want to call it, or the you know the independence, those were the guys. I understand your great general, who really probably got lucky in a lot of ways, but your general <laughs> is attractive also, you know. But uh, and for all those who are into political intrigue, our first election had a lot of political intrigue. Adams probably should have won. There's a lot of backroom dealing to make sure that Washington won. Uh, I think Washington did a decent job, though. All right, let's not go. I too, think he did. Or yeah, let's not go into that. All right. All right. Uh, so we talked about that. Uh, we talked about knots a little bit. There was the other article, and because I want to kind of save yours for last, Mike. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of, you know, it hits home of what we were really about. But I like to skirt the edge a little bit. Uh, I, I think we talked earlier about um, Disney's in a deal with Netflix for some direct-to-Netflix programming for some of the Marvel characters. <laughs> I tell you, it's the... All right, I got to look that up. Because I, I remember reading going, why bother? Okay. First, first off, they were talking about theme parks and movies propelled profit at Disney. Um, so all the people that hate the 1% can start hating Disney again because they're making a lot of money. Uh, since they had such flops last year, um, it's good to see that Iron Man did really well. Though, you know what did really well this weekend? Biggest November opening of all time right now is Hun- Hunger Games 2. Uh, but it still has, I haven't seen it. I yeah, Still I has not done as well as um, the big film of the year, which is Iron Man. Now it's a close number two. They say okay. I I I seen both those movies and, and both of them were underwhelming to me. Iron Man, Iron Man three was not as good as two. What's funny is Katrina thought Iron Man three was the best of, of them all. I just saw it on Blu-ray. I ordered it from Netflix. If you haven't seen the Blu-ray, there's a there's a good short on it about uh, one of the agents from the time of uh, Captain America. And it's a really good. Oh show. yes, uh, Agent Carter. Yes, yes. You should see it if you haven't. Uh, did you hear about her too? She's agreed and signed up that they're supposed to be making a series based on Agent Carter, and well, she's maybe, already signed up for the deal. Maybe that's the Netflix one. Uh, let's see um, the TV miniseries one starring Marvel's Daredevil, B Team. Three shows will feature Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Never heard of any of these guys. <laughs> Either of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the and the comic book nerds who do happen to listen to us are probably screaming at their iPods. Probably. I've well, heard of I've heard of Daredevil because only because of Ben Affleck's horrible Dare, movie. Yeah, I, true. It seems to me when we first talked, when we first knew Disney was buying Marvel, I found some really obscure, even. Um, very non-Disney sexual characters that I have not been able to find since. It's like, okay, did they just drop those off the website because, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't want people to, uh, uh, you know, find those, but they were like uh, something, some like all girl, you know, superhero type people. I actually heard, I've heard some people say Thor's great and I've heard some people say it sucks. I haven't seen it. Not a big Thor I, fan. I have so. not seen the Thor either. I have seen it. It's a very good film. I would rather have seen that than Hunger Games. By by, by. Couple, couple of the guys at film school, I'm air quoting, uh, <laughs> and the instructor 
were uh, very unhappy with Thor. And one of the guys works for Deluxe, so they see like they're mastering the the DVD. Or D- Deluxe you, as in the color correcting place. The, yeah, they do. Deluxe does a lot of different things, but they also master a lot of the DVDs. And they said that, I mean, in his opinion, the he thought the green screen work and a lot of the effects work just sucked for a movie of this caliber. I thought uh, it looked fine. It looked great. I don't, I don't know. I have no I, no frame of reference. Can't comment. So in fact, they say there's even some what he claims to be glaring errors that are going to go out in the the Blu-ray, and they said just let it go. So I don't know. I don't know. I you know the movie was it came out in both uh, 3D and 2D, and you know me in 3D. I'm not a big fan of 3D, so I went to see the regular movie in the in a theater. And I thought the effects were fine, and I could see where the 3D would be fun with it, um, but I didn't see any of your traditional... I mean, I'm, I'm sure if I'm going to be nitpicky and sit there and not enjoy the film, and I'm just going to get my little uh, notepad out and start marking down, oh, you know, at fr- you know, 13 minutes, 25 frames into it, you did this, and if I'm going to do this... If I'm really going to go there and go nitpicky, I can find that with any film. But I enjoyed it. It looked good. The effects were fine. Um, the story left itself, you know, as exactly what they wanted to do, left it wide open for a continuation of the series. Well, you know, it's no secret that Marvel has a plan. They have a plan for which shows are coming when, or not which shows, which films with which subject matter is coming when, right? So we already know that there's a Captain America next spring, and then the year after that, for summer, there's going to be another Avengers flick. Right. So. Yeah, I know. Have you seen the trailers for the new Captain America? I have. Have you seen who, I think he's the bad guy in the movie, who it is? It's one of the guys that, oh, I don't want to spoil anything. I think I know who it is. Are you you talking from a story standpoint or from an actor standpoint? Actor standpoint. Well, I know he was in the first if, one. It, it, I mean, it's it's not a spoiler. It's in the trailers. Anybody can look it up on YouTube. Robert Redford. Oh, oh no. Plays that key role. Well, no, he plays... Does he play like the string puller, you know, the puppet master? Yeah, he's a string puller, but I think... I think. I no. mean, he might not be the heavy, but I think he's, uh, he's you know... Yeah, playing, I, don't, he, I, I know. Definitely a manipulator in there. All right, I don't. Well, let's, I, I and let's face it, didn't didn't like the Avengers. Um, I what what I, what? I know a lot of people that didn't like the Avengers. I thought it was okay. I mean, it, it was fun. I won't say it was. It was fun. Yeah. I don't say it was a height of, a, you know, height of artistic cinema. But oh my gosh, it had everything you need. Right? Humor, I like, drama. I do like the action. fact that I got my ten dollars worth out of it. Yeah, I do like the fact that my camera was used a lot in that film. Yeah. So, I, your, I your personal camera? No, not my personal. But I know oh, okay. the camera can hit the big screen. Um, so what? 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 Uh, what about Avengers left you wanting more? Ah, uh, it was just ah eh, to me. I mean, it was it was interesting, but I put it this way: I don't remember today. I couldn't tell you a lot about it. It was. It didn't really leave a, a lasting impression on me. Now you know, with Iron Man three, I. Had it figured out pretty early that the uh, I can't even remember the name of the villain, but I knew that wasn't the villain. He was just you know 
How'd you figure I, that out? The Mandarin. The Mandarin. How'd you figure and out that, that it well, just because the other dude that was you know, um uh introduced early uh and he had some other things going on. I'm like, now nah, that that's just that's either it's a red herring, it's a distraction, it's he's not the guy. But I thought it was yeah. comical when they got there and he wasn't the guy in his whole hilarious, yeah. Character. And I guess there's a there's gonna be a short on the Thor um, I think it might be a Thor Blu-ray that has to deal with him. Okay. So I like that they're in, they're infusing a lot of those things. I you know I know that the Agents of Shield is doing real well. I'm kind of I've only seen two episodes so far. I'm kind of like eh on that one. All right, I'll tell you I'm I'm eh as well. Um, and yes, it did well in its first couple weeks. But if you read trades, it says. It's, I haven't it read them lately. No. Talks about how audience is falling for that television show. That doesn't surprise. See, I really like Blacklist, but I can see that the longer it goes on, it could easily get to an am. But they really need to, to keep that something go interesting going on, and it's good. I well, mean, it's it's well written. They it's, feed uh, just a little bit every yeah. week. Every week when I start thinking, oh, this is tedious, then they drop a bomb. Like, okay, I'll keep watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I say I haven't gone back. We have some DVR for the shield one, but I just haven't, haven't gone back there. You know, it's, I, I'll tell you what's bad is that you can show tell that some of their, some of their, their sets are like small, tiny ass TV budget sets. See, that's one of my problem. I, we like, we really got into V like, like shadows, like shadows on the backdrops, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, you know, you know, you know what that reminds me of? I can't believe I paid to see this movie, but I did because by the commercials, I thought the movie was supposed to be a spoof. It was with Will Ferrell, that uh, Mi Amigo or Mi Maya, something, whatever. Oh, it was my all, padre, Mi Padre. Yeah. Is it was all in Spanish. Padre. Okay? And I know they spoke Spanish on the commercial. I thought it was a like a joke. They, the whole movie is in Spanish in subtitle. It was really done like cheesy, bad Spanish Mexican TV where you saw uh, like a tiger and then when he went to fight it, it was obviously a stuffed animal it's a you know, novella. like you said really bad sets where shadows cast or you could tell it was painted that kind of a thing but it was so in that sense it was a spoof but I didn't realize I was going to have to read subtitles and it was really horrible uh, but I, I give him kudos for you know learning Spanish to do the whole film in but back to uh, like shielded like we really got into V and I, I talked to my buddy that was up at the, the studio at the time. I said, you know, some weeks those sets look really great when the hottie head of the head chick on V is in like the you know in the sets of the spaceship. In some weeks it looks like you didn't have enough time to render the set and After <laughs> Effects or whatever program you're you know Nuke or uh, Cinema 4D. He says, eh, you know, yeah, that happens. <laughs> but he happened with. TV, you know, episodic TV, you know, you, you timelines are short and sometimes you don't get yeah. to finish everything. Yeah, know? I don't hold it against them, you know, but I'm like, sometimes it's painfully obvious that they're standing on a 20-foot deep piece of stage and I'm thinking, I can see the shadow <laughs> on what's supposed to be a palm tree. Uh, you know, they try to do it quick with editing, you know, with yeah, people, but yeah. it's like, oh, like the one this last week, even my son said, oh, that looks so fake. And he's 11. <laughs> <laughs> They're standing in snow. You can't see their breath. You know, come on. 
I, I think one you, thing you though, can't, they don't take time to put in some uh, After Effects breath. I mean, I, that's, I, I that's fairly easy to do uh, in After Effects, I, though. I, I think with uh, the beginning of Shield here, I think part of it is they they are trying to establish. I think it came up rather quickly for them to do this show. Um, but the storylines and the uh, intertwining storylines, I think have kept me going. I've seen them all. I haven't seen this last week. I've seen the first 15 minutes of it. And this last uh, episode picked up right where Thor left off. They end up, they have to go over to Greenwich to do a cleanup uh, from the mess that was made there in the big battle, big, you know, finale of Thor. The problem for me is it's like this this Netflix one's going to be, the Shields is B and C role people. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to turn into the shield. I, I I'd like to see some an A lister come in there now and then, not have it all be like behind the scenes stuff. Or yeah, it's it's kind of playing off that. Oh yeah, the Thor movie just ended. We'll go clean up after them. I you know to me that's cheese. Nick Fury was in one. Who Sam Jackson? Uh, he was in. He was oh, in yeah. one of the. He was yeah. one of the episodes. He was the one when they uh, popped a hole in the aircraft. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> what? The, you know, ten seconds of screen time. <laughs> well. You know, you just said you didn't say how long they had to be on there. But that's part of the fun is I think, you know, we, we talk about might these be little, fun for you, but it's not fun for me. Well, different strokes for different folks. I'm I'm there for the fun. Um, we have those little featurettes that they put in with the DVDs and the Blu-rays. Sometimes that, it's better than the movies. Yeah, they're. they're I like kind of look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as those little in-between stuff that kind of tie into things. Say, say what you said again. Uh, I said it's like the Wally short is better than the Wally movie. Oh, you, <laughs> well, because you don't like the Wally movie all that much. That's right. I, you know, I like bits and pieces, and I really wanted to like it. I don't know. I can't tell you how much I was waiting for that movie to come out and how highly disappointed I was in that. Um, speaking of shorts, I just recently was turned on to one called Paper Man. Have you guys seen this one? It was a. Uh, it was before. Um, I've not seen it. I know it was a big deal. Uh, see, I don't. I don't see a lot of movies in the, the- in the theater. And I. I know they've released some of these in the theater before certain films. And I didn't get to see it. I just went. You know, it's funny. On every YouTube one I tried to watch, after about thirty seconds, the picture stayed and the the soundtrack went away. Or the. Uh, it's like like it's purposely sabotage. I went over to Vimeo. Perfect. I Vimeo's it's a much better platform. I realize YouTube is like everybody's craze, but Vimeo's a much better platform to watch things on. Um, but anyways, yeah. Anyway, what? Yeah, I would say anyways. That's that's you know that's what I have to say about that. Okay. I think Richard has given up on his film thing. He's he's just enjoying films too much and not critically looking at them anymore. Speaking of critically looking at, did you see Gravity? No. No, I have not seen Gravity. I re- I, so far, I've only met one person, well, through an intermediary, that she said her boyfriend didn't like it. I, I haven't met anybody yet that has not liked Gravity. Some think Sandra Bullock was a little annoying, but oh my God, 49 years old and still hot and built like a brick shit house. I mean, she looked really good in this movie. That's all I can say. But <laughs> this is a really good study in small cast. And big movie. I mean, really, there's two major people in the movie, and one, you know, doesn't make it the whole movie. The third guy, you never really see his face. He dies early, and that's about it. 
I mean, and it carries for the hour and a half. You know, I, the ending was a little quick, but, you know, hey, uh, I had no problems with the ending. And some people, you know, one day, I guess, see the Calvary come. And, I mean, she makes it back. I mean, that's all you need to know. What what more do you, what, one of the guys in my smoking, my cigar smoking lounge, the only thing he was disappointed was that she, she you know, she got, she was in water. And when she came out, her nipples weren't popping out. <laughs> that was his big complaint. <laughs> Otherwise, he was happy with it. You know, thought it... <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I uh, should have played that before I said that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I really liked... Um, I really like Gravity. Uh, but I tend to like space movies if they're not too cheesy. And uh, I've only seen two movies in the theater lately. Gra- that was one. And I can't... <laughs> Right now, I can't remember what the other one. Guess it didn't. Uh, was it wasn't money well spent then, huh? I thought it was at the time, but now, uh, now I can't remember what it was, which is really sad. But uh, the only thing I, the only the one comment I liked about uh, Gravity is what they did on Saturday Night Live. Where uh, well, have you have seen- you ever heard the name Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah, he's, he's that scientist dude. Yeah, uh, said that. The movie is extremely improbable because there is no way on earth George Clooney would go out with a woman Sandra Bullock's age. <laughs> That's well, funny. Yes, Neil is Neil is actually I've read his well I've listened to his book I'm you know physically laid my eyes on it but I listened to it he's pretty funny I sometimes is I know the guy's brilliant he's very smart he told James Cameron that his you know Starfield was off. And uh, Titanic, and James told him, you know, billion dollars says different. <laughs> but um, they did call him later when they were mastering the DVD to ask him, you know, how they could fix it. So I don't know if they fixed it or not. But he was trying to tell him, you know, it's really easy to figure out what stars should be where. It's a simple math calculation. Oh, yeah, it is to him, I'm sure. But uh, most of us aren't going to say, in 1947, in this uh, longitude, we should see, you know. But he's he's really harsh on religion and some other things which you know i gotta take with a grain of salt he's a scientist a lot of scientists you know can't get their head around religion they they can go out there on some really far out thoughts of you know on theories but they can't put their head around the theory of you know any you know religion part which i find kind of short-sighted but you know whatever but i do like he's funny he's a he's an entertaining guy to listen to uh, again, that's funny though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to his new show. He's uh, picking up Cosmos right where, uh, uh, yeah, what's his name? Carl Sagan left off. He's oh, really? going to do a new Cosmos show. Interesting. I say he's he's very engaging and entertaining. There's a few of these guys you see show up a lot, like on History Channel, Discovery Channel. Uh, there's him. Uh, there's this other kind of guy that always wears a like a Hawaiian T-shirt. Uh, or not teacher Hawaiian shirt and he's very engaging there's there's a few of these scientists that like make all of the the shows you know what i'm saying uh it's like they're it's like they raise their hand and they're the only ones interested i don't know but you know as long as they're entertaining and can make it uh simple for us you know simple folk to understand then you know it's all fun i was looking i was on the marvel's got so many fracking characters you know that you, trying to find the one it was it was like bimbos from Mars or something. They they uh, it probably only had one car, you know, one comic book or something. Bimbo was, from Mars. It was something, you know, something really weird like that. It was like, oh, okay, this is this is gonna be really family oriented for 
uh, for Disney, but you know, who knows? Who cares, right? I hey, anybody see Super? I hear Man of Steel. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Again, another one that I heard about it. All it is is a, like tearing down got or where's where superman live is it gotham or is he in uh metropolis, no, he in metropolis. it's like just like oh, their their f- big fight scene is like just like ripping the whole city up he's there to protect them and he's just they're just killing the city you know i, I have not seen but i heard that something about when they're they're actually on crypt is a krypton that that part of the story some people say that it was really cool but when it got to him just you know fighting in the city was really kind of a letdown Okay. Yeah, because he didn't, he didn't have a. Oh, doggone! Now I can't think of his name. Doing uh, playing his dad. Oh, Brando. Yeah, he didn't have Mar- Marlon Brando playing his dad. No, they had. Uh, wait, 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 wait! No, back up! Wait, wait! Before you say that, uh, you're saying that's why Krypton was cool because Marlon Brando wasn't playing his dad. That's right. Because you don't <laughs> like Marlon Brando. Is that what you're saying? Hmm. You don't like Marlon Brando? Is that what you're saying? Marlon Brando's okay. It just well, he's dead. Let's start with that. But okay, well, that okay. would be pretty hard to do. I, I, let us let us not speak ill of the of the dead. I think what what uh, Richard's alluding to is that the film during the filming the production of that Superman Marlon Brando was a pain in the ass. I've I've heard that's just kind of the way he is. But I you know I we've had to watch a Brando movie for school. It's an old, old movie, and I'm like, what did people see in him? You know, it, it didn't carry forward well to me. I just had to watch The Maltese Falcon. To me, that still kind of carried forward. A little simple. I know it's a famous movie. It's a very popular movie. I thought it was a little simplistic, but, you know, it's film noir. It's it's interesting. But uh, this one I saw with Brando, it was something to do with, like, dock workers or uh, – On the Waterfront. On the Waterfront. Yeah. And I was like, hey. One of the most famous <laughs> films there is. It's some film. I can't remember the name. me. <laughs> I it just I was like, eh. We had to watch Annie. I was like, eh, I hate Annie, you know. But there were some things we've had to watch that you just have to watch, and you go, eh, you know. Yeah, on the other front, did nothing for me. Brando in general doesn't do that much for me. I know the Godfather, you know. He's like, but you know, whatever. All right. So you like Richard said, not not everything's for everybody. So. Russell Crowe is a much better actor. He he likes that that really lame movie about something mind games or something with. Uh, I think he just likes the girl. Uh, what? You uh. know the dead girl that uh, fell off the boat. And Natalie was, Wood. Yeah, that that mind that games. one. It's interesting that you went to that, Mike. That the dead girl off the boat. She's only she's only oh, dead celebrity. You, fell off. You, search far uh, if you find another one. You're thinking it's, of Brainstorm. Yes, I. I see. That's Brainstorm I found was intriguing. It was an, I thought it was a very intriguing film. Yeah, you would. I thought it was both. I thought it was intriguing story wise, and I thought the way they made the film was very intriguing. I I never saw Brain Scan, so I can't comment again. Brainstorm, again, Brainstorm, whatever. No frame of reference. Leper Queen. What? This is, this is a character for uh, Marvel. Leper Queen, and there's no picture. <laughs> on the Marvel website. Are you surprised? Are you surprised? Through, don't... through names to see what uh, what some of these are. I mean, there's there are so many. It's like amazing how many characters is in the Marvel, you know, corner. I mean, Jesus, just goes on forever. The man had a couple lifetimes to build him up. Well, it's not one guy. I mean, it, it's not just. Uh, well, 
No, I'm referring to Stan Lee owns Marvel, and I mean he he came in from working for a couple other comic book companies, and then he has people that worked for him when he created Marvel. I'm saying he's had quite a bit to be able to build up all this stuff. Yeah. I still I will never forget the day that he walked past us at the studio and didn't know where his car was. It was just funny. You could tell he came down the stairs and he was turned around and went the wrong way and had to go right by us. He's probably thinking, damn, i got to walk by those guys again. <laughs> and Chris picked up on him. He just another old man walking by me. I didn't really even didn't notice him. And uh, Chris like, hey, I think that's Stan Lee. <laughs> that was pretty funny. You know, and had the sack to say, hey, Stan, how you doing? We just, you know. People don't seem to, you know, they just don't bug each other in a lot. You know, Carlton Cuse was sitting by us eating lunch. And I th- I think I said it a little too loud. I'm like, hey, it's Carl. You know, and he walked past me and uh, he kind of looked down at me. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny, but, you know, whatever. Not to be a name thrower, you know. Of course not. <laughs> uh, so, well, let's, uh, we've been doing this for a while. Why don't yeah. you um, tell us what you had to, to say. Okay. Because yours sounded really interesting. Our, this has just been a shooting a... Shooting the breeze because we you know, have to catch up. That's right. All right. So uh, I went to Disneyland last night. Well, didn't, wait. Disneyland or Disneyland Park? I went to both just theme parks. I went to California Adventure and to Disneyland. Park. Yes. Well, why do I have to say <laughs> Disneyland Park? Yeah. You didn't hear me earlier when Richard said Disneyland Park. I said, he's such a company, man. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so California Adventure first. Rode a couple rides. Uh, Which ones? Screaming. And then the kids wanted to go on uh, the swings. I didn't join them on that. And then we were going to do Soren, but Soren was... Something was up with Soren. It didn't show up on any wait times or anything. Anyway, so... We went to Disneyland because my wife wanted to do Jingle Cruise because all she heard was that they had done something for <laughs> Christmas at Jingle Cruise. Okay, about it. I've I've seen it. Okay, you got to tell me how that is. I've got to see it. All right, hang, I'll get to it. Uh, so we did that. We did um, Mansion. We were going to do Indiana Jones, but the line went from twenty five minutes to forty five minutes. And then we did Buzz. We were going to do Small World, but it was getting right around fireworks time and it was just a sea of humanity because you know it was a Saturday night so we bailed so uh, Jingle Cruise the the <laughs> it's laughable because what they've done for Jingle Cruise is dress up the queue put a couple Christmas trees some fun little things to look at in the we, queue even the sign says Jingle Cruise yes they you know in, in a you know, they like plastered an eye, an obvious, you know, we're temporary changing, put an eye in the, and they changed the name of the boats, right? All the boat, little, the little, uh, little signs on the top of the boats that have their names have all been replaced with Christmas puns and they have like a little lighted garland. Um, and for the rumor that they've changed it to Jingle Cruise, the, the line was 25 minutes long. I saw the upstairs queue of the Jungle Cruise for the first time in probably 15 years, if that, maybe longer. And you get on the boat, and not a thing has changed about it. You know, it's funny you say that about the upstairs queue. I have actually seen that 
let's see, when did I, maybe three years ago, but you kind of walked up the stairs, made a turn, and they had you come right back down the stairs again, which I thought then in the bottom wasn't even full. But I guess for some reason they wanted to, you know, move people that way. I thought it was kind of lame. But yeah. anyway. No, we spent uh, half half of our time in the queue was, or probably two-thirds of the time in the queue was upstairs. Just come wow. down the stairs and get on the boat. So, yeah, nothing changed. No change of the spiel. No change to anything out there uh, that you well, look at. We what? had it. We did have an exceptional skipper, though. She was pretty funny. She uh, she was good. And there was someone, there's some middle-aged lady on the boat who either had never been on the Jungle Cruise or whatever, but she was laughing at all her stuff. And that just made the Jungle Cruise skipper even more bold. It was pretty funny. Okay, now I've, I've seen Mark Eads from the Register, former Imagineer, did a story on it. And the one he wrote on, it was full of bad Christmas puns. So there, there were no Christmas puns. No jokes? Christmas puns. Wow. No Christmas puns. Yeah. No. Interesting. Because yeah. yeah, the one, because when I watched it, I'm like, okay, this is pretty, pretty cheesy. Um, but you know, again, I I thought they listened to us. I mean, we got, you know, we got them to change the gallery into the Dream Suite. That you know, that was us. <laughs> I've been I, telling them for how long the Tiki Room is the one that needs the the, over, the layover. Christmas overlay. Uh, and they put it on the Jungle Cruise. Well, no, but there's no Christmas. It was, it was, the okay. What I my takeaway from it was okay. So they called it something new. They hinted that there's a Christmas uh, theme to the attraction. It makes the attraction line get long again because usually it's a walk on, right? Especially at eight o'clock at night. And there was a 25 minute wait. And I'm thinking, there's no reason. <laughs> Once the word gets out, I, there's no way. It was, I, I got to say, from what I heard, was I was told that there was a new spiel that was supposed to be saying. I'm wondering if you just happened to have a skipper that didn't know the new spiel yet. It's possible. It's possible. She didn't even wear the new Christmas hat. Yeah. Some of the other cast members were you, wearing the Christmas hat. So You didn't get Jenny McCarthy on your as your skipper, did you? No. Okay, just check. Now, here's my, here's my takeaway. We also went on Mansion, a Christmas overlay, and I saw some of the new effects. I, I'm not a fan of the... Of the projection of the there's always my way out business I didn't like it. okay now I haven't heard of these new so describe to me all right so okay do you do you remember the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay right in the stretching room they have those uh, glass stained glass things that break and shatter yeah. and they sort of stretch and then um, when it comes to the, there's always my way and you see the you know the, through the scrim the dude hanging there it's Jack Skeleton's face instead going "Merry Christmas, everyone!" Right? Yeah. That well, the the scream is is now has a wreath projection on it, a digital wreath, or it's a digital projection, and it changes color slowly as the room stretches. And then when it comes time for "Merry Christmas, everyone," it's a digital projection of of computer generated imagery of Jack Skeleton bouncing around up there, and you still see the dude hanging, but he's it's. Computer generated imagery is all animation. It's all it looks like nothing physical. Correct, projected on a screen. Interesting. And and, and it looked. I didn't. I just it looked. It looked cartoony. Okay, so I, it's all right. So, but you know, Jack Skellington, his face changed, and you know, he did his little thing, and off we go. Leota, she was floating inside a Christmas ornament, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen that before. They pumped. Gingerbread smell into the thing. I don't remember that before. 
the there's a gingerbread cake on the table. It's an advent kind of calendar thing that got going on. Um, that's about it. So my problem with these two things is trash. And the queue for both attractions, because both attractions are about twenty five minute wait. We stood in the line. There was trash all in the queue. What? I went. I said. I apologize. I I went to the register's website, and of course, the video starts on its own, and and you get an ad. So trash. So we're we're walking through, and there's just piles of cups and bottles. You know, you know, plastic coffee cups and bo- or not plastic, but the uh, paper coffee cups, Starbucks cups, water bottles, all kinds of trash. Okay, we're going to that website. Well, what are you going to do? Actually, I actually found the right uh, one, but it's it's doing that. So all right, but, sorry. So we're, we're going through, and I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> the worst part was when I was standing in line for Jingle Cruise, a sweeper comes through. Sweeping up and fully ignores the piles of trash. Where were the piles of trash in relation to the queue? Were they okay? Right so on? you know when you go up the stairs, right? And there's a, like an extended area that goes out over the the shop that's got a couple oil drums and whatnot. That we didn't right. we weren't in that line that was blocked up, but there's a box there. Probably eight cups, bottles, whatever stacked up on that box, right. and he swept and walked right by. The reason I'm asking is I happen to be talking to one of the managers in custodial for Disneyland uh, a couple weeks ago. We were just, you know, just shooting the breeze just before park opening, and I had made the off-the-cuff comment. One of the complaints I had about World, especially especially in Magic Kingdom, is when you walk through the queues, all the trash that's in there, it's like the trash is nicely scooped up underneath where the railing is, but you got this, you know, several inches of trash under the rails it's just not where you're standing it's just up under the rails nobody goes in there and actually sweeps it out and our guys always go through the queues and sweep it out so i'm going to bring this up with her tomorrow when i go to work i find that wait wait it it gets better the same the same thing the same thing in mansion's queue i'm finding the trash about disney world to be inconsistent with my trips there that's i've never seen I haven't seen trash. Trashed and swept to the corner. Do you know where I did see trash piled up in the queue? Where? Disneyland Paris. <laughs> My wife made the comment. This is like Disneyland Paris. Piles of trash. I was like... Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I... I okay. We all know. What did what did Lillian say to Walt when he said, I'm going to open an amusement park? They're so trashy and don't, dirty. Don't do it. They're so trashy and dirty. Mine will never be that way. Yeah, well, about, Walt's of- spinning in his ice because... It was freaking disgusting. <laughs> Out of curiosity, Mike, around what time was this? Uh, okay, so Jingle Cruise, let's see, was probably seven between seven thirty and eight, and Mansion was around eight thirty. Because yeah, we got off okay. we got off Mansion about eight forty five, and we we're hustling our ass out over the west side because I don't want to get stuck in there from Phantasmic. Because I'm going to talk to people tomorrow. I'm it was th- I was like, are you kidding? That, yeah, that's completely un. And, Unacceptable. But the dude walked right by the pilot, didn't even put it in his little sweeper bucket. There hasn't been any change where I, I want to say for a while at Knott's, for example, that, you know, the attractions are literally controlled by the attractions people. You know, if there's trash in there, the, the attraction people clean that, not, you know, custodial. They, they there, was, there was a break between the, you know, the duties. Uh, 
that's you're saying that's not consistent at Disneyland. No, they're, they're I, supposed to be in the queue cleaning. I've seen sweeper. I saw a sweeper in a queue. I've he, seen sweepers inside Space Mountain clean. I'm just asking that there's been a change because, uh, like he was saying about Disney World, I've never seen that at Disney World. I know what the change is. So, just not it's enough change. Not enough staff. Yeah, they. You don't. Yeah. Okay, we can instead of. 15 sweepers in the uh, on the west side we can cut down to 12 and save ourselves some sort of freaking spreadsheet metric that makes us look better this quarter i have no idea but i mean yeah he was sweeping up the little bits of popcorn or whatever crap that was on the floor but left a big old fat pile of trash okay now i, I i'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second of in his defense, did he have the capability of you know bagging that trash did he have anything with him where he could have would it all have fit in his little scooper thing? Did he have bags? I mean, you know. Okay, make, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that the the most of it could have fit in his scooper thing. Okay, that's. I'm just curious. You, the way you describe, I, I'm. My mind is seeing this huge pile of trash. No, no, it was like eight or nine cups, but okay. it's enough. All stacked in and, one spot. And even that, unless you just had a school or a huge, a big family that were all drinking, no, you know, I mean, it shouldn't have gotten that many cups. You in. know how it goes. I'll tell you exactly how it goes. One jackass puts his cup there on the box, <laughs> and everybody else, and does, then the next yeah. person comes along. Oh, my freaking Starbucks cup is empty. Toss. But you know, you know we've know. seen this. We've we've seen the ups and downs over the years at Disney, where you know you, you used to not see popcorn last on the street more than like you know two minutes. Maybe now it's ten or twenty minutes. You know. We've seen these swings, just like I, I can remember a time when I never saw security. I'm like, does Disney still have security? I'm, I haven't seen a guy all day. And I know Richard's there somewhere. <laughs> Where are these guys? I know. Are, you know? I run into security. Yeah, I that's, just... that's because you, you forget what we wear. No, well, they do look different. I remember, I remember this I last go... year we walked right through there. And I haven't seen one security, and we're standing right next to two of them. And, and then I go through, and I'm like, you know, there used to be um, – how would you say standards for security? You know, and, and that gut sure doesn't. You know, that, that, that age, you know, that all oh, that gosh. stuff. Oh, Mark, here's what you should have heard, Mike. Well, our standards dropped about oh, 20 years ago when they hired some. Did he say Jingle Cruise? No, it it it, uh, it went away after I left because there were still standards when I was there. Ladies all right, gentlemen, welcome aboard the world's famous Jingle Cruise. Did he say Jingle Cruise? Yes, he did. Now, my name is Skipper Daniel. I will be your skipper, your tree tripper, your popcorn finger, and your secret Santa for the next seven days and 22 romantic nights. The world-famous Jungle Cruise at Disneyland has changed its name for the holidays. Stop this boat like a holiday stocking. The Jungle Cruise skippers decided to get into the spirit of the holidays by spending lavishly to redecorate their headquarters. Just like the turkey said to the pilgrims, we're stuffed. They also hired the best joke writers around to come up with some new holiday themed jokes for the trip around the jungle rivers of the world. See the baby elephants over there? All they want for Christmas is their two truck teeth. Okay, maybe they didn't hire the best riders. See that right over there? That was my last crew. They were on the naughty list. No. Actually, was a process between Jungle Cruise skippers and Disney Imagineers that came up with the holiday themed so, puns. You didn't, Just up ahead, folks, you didn't hear any of that kind of stuff. No. Wow, then you got, yeah, yeah. you got ripped off. Uh, I, I'm thinking you just got a skipper that didn't have any of that. Could be. Spiel. She was so, good, though. You know, well, didn't like it and didn't want to do it. Who knows, you know? The, she had a, the, the funniest new joke I heard was uh, where the rhinoceros is poking the dudes, right? And she goes, oh, that's my friend Dr. Hauntus. He's getting, 
He's getting, oh my gosh, he's getting Pocahontas. The rhinos are gonna Pocahontas or something like that. I'm like, oh, that was that was a stretch, but but yeah, no 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 stuffing jokes or anything like that. Huh? Yeah, you you. you I'll have to go back uh, in the park. I still think this seems like I've heard some you know not so. How would you say not no so nice reviews thinking this is really lame. Uh, you know, if they want to spend some money on something like that, you know, find a a better place to do well, it. Well, the idea is good. I think, I, you know, it the the thought of a classic ride being uh, getting a holiday makeover for a short time seems to resonate with people because, again, the line was 25 minutes long. And well, I, have, I, you know, I, th- I think you're right. You're absolutely right. But I don't think this right, this, this attraction translates because there's nothing out in the attraction other than the skipper that you're really making Christmassy per se, you know, the America or not, America, uh, you know, the mansion. Okay. It's a, it's a mesh between the Christmas and, and Halloween that works the small world because they're singing Christmas songs that works. Uh, I just don't see the country well, bear, the country bear Christmas thing that worked. That was awesome. That worked. That's why I think Tiki room is like the hidden gem of potential overlay because those characters could interact and sing Christmas songs. What what are you doing out on the Jungle Cruise but making really bad puns about Christmas? Yeah, you know Christmas. It, it I actually think decorating the queue is great. Knock yourself out. I think you should, many places you can decorate a queue and that kind of Christmassy thing. If it works thematically, knock yourself out. I just don't think this one is um, was that. I mean, cheap, right? Yeah. This was, like you said, a few bad joke writers, a couple of Christmas ornaments, and you've you've rethemed the thing. Yeah, so well, I do not give it a thumbs up. Oh, okay. So you, both uh, uh, of the attractions uh, you saw trash. What about what about California Adventure? You you wrote a couple of attractions there. Do you? I did not see. I didn't. You know, we didn't stand in line uh, screaming. We the the kids and I went on single rider. Sherry didn't ride. But you still uh, went through a queue, so yeah, there's no trash there. And okay, nice wide open spaces. I didn't, nothing there caught my eye. Because uh, you know, Jeff has complained about Paris, and uh, some other friends of mine that have been there have not had that experience. It's like sometimes, like, how do you know that you just passed what looks like a trash, but you know, three minutes after you've gone into the next land, it's it was cleaned up behind you. I, I don't. You don't. Right. Uh, I don't. Like, when I was at Legoland and I took pictures of trash cans just overflowing, we were at an eating place and we were there for 45 minutes, an hour. I never saw one employee ever come by in an hour. Okay. So that I would say that is an issue. Definitely. But you know, and you may be right. That stuff, I think Richard's explanation is right. Yeah. Some jackass set the first one down. Then the second one, that was me, by the way, you shouldn't have any, food in the queues but nobody stands at the head of that queue as no. you're coming in the only turn. time they enforce is when you're about to board exactly what a right. stupid time to do it but that's again if you want to talk about managing by spreadsheet we don't have a greeter anymore to turn those Correct. people away Correct. or having them dump it um so i'll tell you something okay so you asked what else i saw uh we wrote buzz and the buzz ride vehicles are looking pretty beat, beat up. up oh yeah, yeah. bare bare plastic you know paint rubbed off dirty spot. remember i tell you when i returned to disney world in 2005 from like an 18 or 19 year hiatus the mansion was in horrible shape 
a lot of the speakers were crackling and, and they didn't sound good. The, the, the little padded seats were sliding around. The, it, it, it looked beat up. It, it, I actually thought the Magic Kingdom in general looked its age. It looked really beat up. And it's been slowly improved over those years that I was going. Um, uh, here's an example. Um, you know, the load, the load for buzz, right? You come up to a point where you can start seeing the vehicles go by. Yeah. And you go down about 15, 20 feet, and then you make a quick U-turn and you get on, right? Oh, yeah. In that space, I saw three shrouded vehicles go by. Oh, that's not good. Three. Ah, that was bad news. In a row, or were they? No, 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 no. Spread out. And between the time I could see them and the time I got on, three of uh, three. And they have like a. like a... The plastic leather fake thing over it so you yeah. don't, don't board. You know, and that's, that's the downside of the Omnimover system. Is you just can't pull one off, no. you know. Let's say that broke down in the beginning of the day. It's gonna have to go around all day. Or you have to shut the, the attraction down. You know, when you have bad boats or you have uh, some other, you know, Indiana Jones, you got a vehicle that's not working, you pull it out. You, you can't. As great as the Omni Mover is, that's a major downfall. I mean, yeah. I used to see that in the People Mover, right? You'd see one that you know the top wasn't lifting up or whatever. It's like, okay, the can't go on that one. It's like, why is this one going around empty? Oh, you know, something yeah. doesn't work. It's it's hard to pull them out in the middle of the day. It's just a show issue, right? That's all. Yeah. Because it doesn't really affect capacity all that much. Yeah. It's, it's like seeing a building that's shut, and it's obviously not closed for the day. You can tell it's been closed for a long period of time. It's the same thing. It's a show thing. You know? But it, it's, you know, Buzz had a long line. It said 15 minutes, and, my wife, and the kids were like, really? Because it went down up by the ferries, come back. Like mm-hmm. no, this if it don't break, it'll suck. You know, it'll suck up twenty five hundred people in an hour. So yeah, I've actually never really seen that as a rarely, and and it's late, late at night that it gets short. That one seems to keep a lot of people coming through. I think they like the the game activity. Uh, That's activity of That's it, a fun yeah. ride. Okay. Much better in Florida. So you can say you can you know the, the okay. idea that you can actually pick up the gun and you know what I like about Florida is though you can actually see the laser shooting out of the out of the weapon. Remember seeing that, but you could be right. Well, I, I'll verify again here in a couple in a month or so. Mother fracker. <laughs> well, maybe if I go to move to Utah, and I'll have a little more income. You know no. that. Uh, well, you're a third of the way there. Well, I just meant because what I can take out of my house, I can pretty much buy a house outright for in Utah. Yes. So, uh, uh, but but you're four hundred miles closer. Yeah, but you know what's funny about that because I looked at. Um, like North Carolina is a possibility. And when I first, I, I, I was, oh, you know, just for fun, let's see how much it costs to go to Disney World. Three-hour flight. And I, what I didn't notice is that flight had a layover. Uh, direct flight's like an hour and 20 or something like that. But it's still 250 bucks out of like Charlotte. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're going to say At that point, you're close enough to drive. Uh, yeah, it's an eight-hour. I think I from the area that I was looking at, I think it was an eight-hour drive. Well, maybe so. not. Well, eight hours. That's like, you that's know, not too bad. driving to San Francisco. Yeah. I feel like me going back to Beale Air Force Base. It took me seven, eight hours. Um, and I used to do that all the time on the weekends. So uh, I could see. But, you know, I was I thought the flight would be a little cheaper because sometimes I hear about these guys like, you know, in flyover country in the middle of the country getting really cheap rates. But uh, wasn't that cheap out of, um, you know, surprisingly enough, because I was looking at Boise also. How freaking expensive it is to fly. John Wayne is just, I love the airport because it's so close and so convenient. But it's freaking expensive. It was almost twice as much as flying out of Long Beach to go to Boise than flying out of uh, Orange County. 
It was outrageous. It's like 400 and some bucks. I'm like, I can fly to Florida. Four hundred. <laughs> you know? uh, and I'm just trying to go to Boise. So Wow, so, it's five hundred miles from Charlotte, North Carolina to Orlando, Florida. Oh, you just checked it out? Yeah. That's that's a lot more than say Los Angeles to Sacramento. I did a little little googly map thing and I said, Okay, here, here and I think it said like eight something. Yeah, Sac LA to Sacramento is only four is less than four hundred miles. But I've driven it's closer and closer every year. Yeah, <laughs> I driven. You know, my record time from Beale to my in laws, which is a half an hour from my, you know, where I'm at now, was like six hours forty five minutes. It usually was a seven and a half hour uh, drive. That's hauling ass, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it was hauling ass. And it's taking big risk. <laughs> oh, big risk. It's almost it's almost peeing in a can as you're going. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about that kind of risk. I'm talking about keeping the pedal the metal risk. Well, no, no, I know. Me, me and this other car just kept. It's like we both knew we were in a hurry, so one would go in front for a while, and then he'd back off and go behind me, and I'd get. It was just you started trading places, and then you'd pull off and you know take a piss real quick and get back in the car. Yeah, I didn't want to cut myself in the edge of the can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, going like, to be like that. The astronaut peeing in diapers just to get across the country to <laughs> whack her husband or whatever she did. That, that great story when I was. Uh, you didn't hear about that? That that astronaut that went kind of nuts and she. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. That love triangle thing. Yeah. She was diapers. Wearing a couple diapers. Yeah. <laughs> That's just. She didn't have to stop. Oh, I can't believe I me. Told you. When it's time for me to wear a diaper, shoot me. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. I, I, deal. When you when you were up at Beale and I was coming home that night and it was really late at night and I had, I don't know how fast I was going because my speedometer only went up to 85, 90 miles an hour. I'm racing home in the Mustang, and this other car just came up alongside me real fast. I'm going, geez, I must be doing 100. This guy has to be doing at least 120 or more. And he gets right in front of me, right where my uh, headlights hit the big yellow letters, Highway Patrol. And it's like, shit. <laughs> so he slows down. I stay behind him. He slows down. I stay behind I'm not going to go in front of him. He, we, we play this game for about maybe 10 miles. He gets me down to about 50 mi- 55 miles an hour, and then he just suddenly darts off down the road. Oh, this see, is he at, was being nice. Yeah, he was being <laughs> very nice. This was the, in at midnight just coming out of Bakersfield. So yeah, I don't, I'll pass him if I'm doing the speed limit. I don't give a crap. Well, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, so well, no, I, speed limit, I, I knew I was doing so at least 95. The cars in yeah. the 80s, and only, you know, your speedometer went to 85. Like, that would stop you going fast. Well, no. That's yeah. why the speedometers went back up to 120. Cause well, oh, I know. <laughs> How fast were you going? 85? <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't. Well, that's what my speedometer says. Yeah. Right? That's how. Yeah, I know. I mean, my the Fiero I had only did 85, and I know most <laughs> of the time when that was pegged, I was going more than that. So, oh. I, I'm just, I'm surprised that. Middle North Carolina. Well, it's not even Middle North Carolina. That's the lower end of North Carolina to Orlando's, like that far. Just, did you did you put uh, point A, point B in there? And yeah, do- Charlotte, North Carolina to Orlando, Florida. Did it tell you? And it says, well, it, it, well, it, it says that it's five hundred twenty four miles. It's it's pretty straight. It's, yeah, it is pretty straight. Interstate seventy seven ninety five. That's it. What, does it? Did it give you the estimate of time? Yeah, seven hours and twenty six minutes. There you go. That's. That's based off of current traffic right now, though, right? Which is nothing. In current tra- yeah. No, in current traffic is the same 10-minute difference between what it predicts. And then some of these little loops it shows you going out, that's just nuts. The most direct route is 7 hours, 26 minutes. 
yeah, 524 they, miles. They don't always... Um, that's, 100 and, yeah, that's just crazy. They don't always give you the most direct, uh, and I haven't always figured out what... Well, you know what? What doesn't seem direct to us, it, there might be a reason because of you know, major highways versus secondary highways and, you know, things of that nature that you, uh, you know, you want to do or don't want to do. Um, oh, well. I was going to see, I, I just put uh, uh, Beale Air Force Base in here to give you an idea of what, you know, my, uh, the drive was. And let's see, put my home address in here now. And that one two three Main Street USA something like yeah. that. <laughs> it says it currently would be six hours and fifty three minutes. Currently, no traffic. Of course, it's four hundred and sixty four miles. All right, this see. year. But on average, it took us yeah. seven eight hours. You stop, you know, use the restroom, get something to eat, uh, you know, things like that. But uh, so so yeah, seven hours basically. Uh, if no, based on this traffic and that's going the five and i usually went the 99 um i hate the five up there especially if you break no, down 99 is better no. yeah. <laughs> so much better because yeah. occasionally i did the 101 just for a change of scenery took longer oh, but i like the scenery off that the road sucked ass between between salinas and uh all the way down to san luis obispo In oh salinas. yeah yeah, what's the place? Salinas, the Garlic yes, Capital, correct. you know, when you go through, there's some like two lane. Gilroy, area. Gilroy, Gilroy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's even worse section of road from San Jose down to Salinas. Yeah. It's not, but um, actually, that's the section of road I was actually thinking of. San Jose to Salinas, it's bad. Yeah, it's a little more scenic, though. I mean, from Salinas to uh, San Luis Obispo is okay. I mean, the five is just so desolate when you get out there. The 99 can be desolate, but I just like to drive on the 99. Well, okay, the 99. I th- I know we've said this before. The 99, you won't see signs that say next service 60 miles. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all it's all towns strung together is what it is. They're like 10, 50 miles apart. So. There, there's areas where it's a lot of agriculture. Like I understand the area where all the – with the I don't know if it's Foster Farms, one of the chicken companies, where you used to have to stop at a light that's now an overpass. I haven't been up that route. Oh, yeah. That's – um. Where is that? Stockton's Manteca. I know where exactly where Turlock. I don't know. I know. I know where the stoplight was. Yeah, it's on the left, and the you know the stoplight, and I was like, that is another possibility. There was a job in in uh, not Roseville. It was right next to Roseville. So I think it was China Rancho Cordova. That's no, no, no. It's Rockland, a, right by Folsom Prison. Um, no, oh. it's not Rockland. Citrus Heights. No, no. It's a, it's a little north of there. I'm. Uh, Roseville, I'm, Citrus Heights, and, uh, it's it's between Auburn and Rockland. I can't remember what uh, they call Newcastle, Granite Bay. Oh, that's on Lake on Folsom Lake. Okay, yeah, yeah. There, there's a. I got to follow up on it this uh, this week to see if there's because I looked at what houses would cost me up there. Because uh, that here's the the thing: if I move, I've got to move so Karen doesn't have to work. So that means either outright buying a house or getting such a low mortgage that mm-hmm. if worst came to worst, I could be a greeter at Walmart. And it's still, <laughs> still be okay, you know. So. Oh gosh! And actually, it's it's interesting because we looked just out of curiosity for a few different places. Like, um, you know, we we really love Gettysburg. Oh, what, what would it cost us to live in Gettysburg? It's interesting what you get for a house in Gettysburg. What kind of house you get versus, you know, let's say like North Carolina or Gettysburg, or- Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. So. See, because there's, there's spots in Pennsylvania that are friggin' expensive. Oh, there are. I was really surprised. But just the type of house, you know, they're a lot older. 
There's not as much new construction like in, the, in that area. But yeah, you're right. We look. I think I looked at York, uh, which is where we stayed when we were out there. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been looking all over. But I, been yeah. you know, Boise's running a lot of commercials to you know get Californians to come up to to Idaho. Yeah, you're gonna. I, that's called BFE for sure. Oh, it's. I looked at. Um, Mountain Home, and I forgot there was an Air Force base there. There was a job, uh, a job for videographer up there making, uh, making videos. But didn't Mountain didn't Mountain Home Air Force Base close? No, it still shows open. Okay, so it's not been bracked. Okay. No, no, but who knows that town? I mean, twelve thousand people in that town. It's about an hour south of uh, Boise, but you know, and I was surprised that there's some really expensive homes in this town of twelve thousand people. It's really surprising. Or Coeur d'Alene, where a lot of people. Say to come up to uh, Coeur Idaho. You know somebody in Coeur d'Alene. She used to give really good radio. Do you know who I mean? You talking to me? No, Richard. Is he still on the? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm trying to think of who we're talking about. Used to give good radio. That, that was a joke. Because once she, I was sitting like at the break room table, and she's like, "Can I use your radio?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." She just bent down next to me and <laughs> puts the radio button. And talked on it <laughs> like we were all joking. You give good radio. Uh, <laughs> uh, she used to be a cop too. I think she became a sheriff. Uh, Michelle. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And they live a little north of Coeur d'Alene. And then uh, you know Suzanne, we went to high school with, and I think one of the Glasscocks also is up in that area. But you know, one of the first things I do is I go and I I say crime rate for a certain area. You know, why is that? Why crime why, rate? Why crime rate? Why not? Do I want to move into the hood? No. Okay. Okay. No, I'll take that back. First thing I do is check how expensive the homes are. Second thing I do is check the crime rate. Because the home price would tell you if you're in the hood or not. Well, yes. Well, here's the funny thing. And um, I, I, so like right now, I'm going to say I, Moore, Mooresville, North Carolina is a place I've been looking at uh, that there's a potential job out there. So when I said Mooresville crime rate, and I typed that in, and I found this website, and um, is Mooresville? Yeah, Mooresville's. Oh, that's on Lake. Uh, that's on Lake Norman. Mooresville's not so bad. Well, yeah, that's you would think, right? So I go to this. Uh, it's called neighborhoodscout.com. and I go. Here's Mooresville, and there's a there's a NASCAR team. Uh, no, I, I, I want to say stationed, you know, based there. Uh-huh. Okay, so they have this crime statistic thing, and they, they say crime index, 11. 100 is the safest. Okay. <laughs> well, sound, one one is the worst? <laughs> yeah, well, Orlando was a two. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. that's Orlando proper, okay? Now, Huntington Beach rates like a 34. Irvine rates in the low 40s. Newport Beach is pretty close to Huntington in the, the mid-30s. But what they're saying is like what it says here, this is safer than 11% of the cities in the USA. But then when you go down and you read like other things, great place for your family, all this great stuff. And I even asked the people who their businesses, she goes, no, I don't live in Mooresville, but we don't have crime in Mooresville. What, what do you mean it's 11? She'll send me that data, you know. So then I, I put in Coeur d'Alene. It was like 11 or a 12. And 
all I hear about these people is how beautiful. Cordelline's BFE. That's no middle of nowhere. Well, you know what? And one person said, you know, yeah, but it's only 60 miles from Spokane and we get. Oh, all- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh. You get you get spillover from the freaking Washington. It's, yeah, okay. it's also a resort town, so a lot or not a um, not a resort town per se, but a like a vacation town. Yeah, a lot of empty vacation oh. homes. So this guy, I went to a CAD users group the other night, and the guy we were chit chatting. And the guy, you know, he's yeah, I live in Coeur d'Alene. I'm like, whoa, whoa, stop. Okay, back up, Coeur d'Alene. I want to know more about this because I told him about this crime rate thing, and he's like, I I don't get it. All all you can think is because Spokane is close. A lot of empty homes. He says, but I live like a king in Idaho, you know, because I was talking to him about moving. And then he put me in touch with this other guy who's now he covers Montana, Utah, I think Oregon, Idaho, Nevada. And he's looking for people that use my kind of software that he says right now they're selling like crazy. And I got an email earlier today when I was in school about this one in Utah, which I had talked to last year. And then they just stopped calling they weren't answering phone calls. They weren't calling me back. Now, supposedly, I don't know why, why people can't give you the courtesy of just, you know, a quick email or a quick call sometimes. It just drives me crazy. But anyways, uh, I was surprised by this. Uh, so I was f- funny that you know where Mooresville is. Yeah, no, I was looking at Lake Norman because, you know. Well, you lived, where'd you live when you were at Syracuse? Did you actually live in Syracuse? Syracuse, well, yes, because the, the school is in Syracuse and well, I didn't know if you lived on campus or what you. Well, I, okay, I, so there's a there's a neighborhood to the east of the school that's all homes that get rented, it, rented to students. What's it called? This town, still Syracuse. Yeah, still Syracuse, still Syracuse okay, proper. I, I, but I, I spell it. huh? I spell Syracuse. S y r a c u s e. But some of the towns around it that, like my uh, reserve unit, was in Mattydale. Um, uh, uh, DeWitt was the name of a town. Um, well, it's funny, and, and I checked out. There's Hunter is the next town down from Mooresville. It'd be like a 15 minute drive to where the this work location is, and it rates like 50, 60. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you know, it could, it could it have been like one crime that like screwed up their statistics? <laughs> yeah. I was going to so say one carjacking and the whole thing is down there the road. You think a possible ratio? involved in there i don't because know it's a very small town you have very small yes I, I wondered you know, just one or two too. things okay like you know like huntington beach i don't know five six years ago was rated the safest town in the united states of a town or a city over a hundred thousand people but it was between like a hundred thousand and something else because it wasn't going to compare itself to like new york or something like that um so yeah i've, I've kind of wondered about how they might skew these things okay so mike what did you think of syracuse there was, there was parts of Syracuse proper that was, you know, a little bit ghetto or the hood. Overall, it rates an 11. But I didn't feel, uh, you know, yeah, well, so I can see where it gets that. But how about, why don't you punch in the, the town of DeWitt? D-E-W-I-T? Two T's. Two T's. And then I'll put in your home, your, your present location. Okay. See what it and you know again like I feel pretty safe in Huntington and it, what it then it what it does it breaks down different geographical areas within the city and it tells you uh, safest and least safe in the city. Interestingly enough, we have an area we call the the Slater Slums. <laughs> All the best soccer players come. From. <laughs> I used to work with at Disneyland. He was oh a coach. Gosh. Um, the area I live in, which I feel really safe in. 
that sometimes I forget to lock cars, uh, you know, or doors and stuff. It was rated one of the lower areas within the city, even though the city still have an overall rating of like 34. Okay, DeWitt. Oh, why did it put Lansing, Michigan in here? DeWitt, maybe I need DeWitt, to DeWitt, New York. And why? Okay. Let me try this again. Looks like there's a great Christian college or Great Lakes Christian college, something like that. Oh, that was in the other place. Okay, Sarah. You know, it's funny is it, it takes it back to Syracuse because right. it must break it down. One of these areas that I put it, my cursor over probably is the DeWitt area. It's to the east. To the east. Okay. And it's like where all the... There's like Fairmont, uh, Grenise Terrace, Fairmont. Sherwood Knotts. Uh, you know, they break it down into like areas like here's like uh, Howlett Hill. Split Rock. Those are those are areas in Syracuse, I think. Okay, yeah, maybe yeah, it's it's not coming up. Okay, let's let's see what uh, you know. Good old Disneyland, Anaheim. <laughs> What's it? What site is it? Okay, it's called um, NeighborhoodScout.com. Do we still want to be talking about this? Because you know we're one hour and forty five minutes in there. You know what? Some people say they don't give a crap what we talk about. They just love to hear our voices. I don't know if I was listening. And, I, I oh, who knows? You may or may not find it interesting because there might be some of our listeners who could help me in my quest here to find, you know, to live and and work. Scout, you said, huh? uh, Anaheim comes up. With, oops, that that's overview right now. Oops. Neighborhood scout. Okay, so yeah. what do you do? You well, you enter an address, city or state. Okay, <coughs> I see here. Anna, crime rate. Let's see. And what it'll give you is it'll give you public schools. Uh, home value prices, you know, a bunch of stuff. So Anaheim. Oh, okay. So click on an air below to get detailed information about the neighborhood. Yeah. Anaheim gets a twenty-nine out of a hundred. Actually, it did better than I thought it would. So that's not bad. Thank you very much. Wow, Lincoln High. Okay, see, I see how they do this. Oh, Main Street, West Orange Heights. All right, so this one, not the most expensive. Are you looking at your area? Yeah. What 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 did it rate? Give us the crime rate. Uh, uh, so I got to pick one of these first, right? No, no, no. Just see where it's got overview, public school. Oh, I see crime rate tab at the top. Okay. Yeah. Just I just clicked in there too. All right. So. Dun, 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 a Forty. Hey, actually, that's really good. Forty-one hundred I mean, is safest. Okay. What I've seen forty. I mean, that's more than uh, Huntington. And you know, we were the safest city in the United States at one time. So. See, and it's saying it's safer than 40% of the cities in the U.S. And then, it, you know, it breaks it down lower, like total amount of crimes. Uh, your, yeah, murder, rape. My chances of becoming a victim in corona is 1 in 776. 40, oh, I see that. <laughs> yeah, one, in California, 1 in 243. Okay, now, leave that there for a minute, okay? I'm going to go back to Mooresville. And this is where maybe I haven't been able to collated but now we got somebody else okay it's a more yeah it's hard to look at that it remembers me because i've been there so many times and scout now because i i I just saw something that i thought wait that number sounds familiar in the same range as like let's say what mooresville was but it's got a lot lower rating so let's see here because it tells you like property crime break-ins rape all that okay 
So Mooresville, I have a 1 in 394 chance of being a victim of crime. And your area says 1 in how many? 1 in 776. Okay. And in North Carolina, it's 1 in 286. So that's a greater chance. Yeah. So now, okay. Mooresville annual, annual, annual crime rate. Violent, 84. What's yours? Annual crime rate. Violent, you said? Yeah, right there. You should see your crime index, and then you'll see the annual a, annual crime rates right next to it. See that? Corona violent crimes. Well, you no, know, you, you see your crime rate. You're 40, right? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. violent property. Okay, that's what you right, want, right? right that. So violent here in Mooresville is 84. 201. Let's see. Look. Okay, property, 1,477. 3,300. 3,300. Okay, and then total is mine's 13. 35. Okay. So, again, now, but then it goes down to annual crimes per, per 1,000 residents. 1.54. 1.29. Okay. So, see, then, yeah. It's, yeah, okay. I know people in this area, they're saying this is it's an awesome area. They, I, they don't understand the... You know you know what, uh, you know what old uh, uh, Mark Twain said, right? You can tell me because I... I'm, I'm not sure if I, I know this one. There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, some, people in Coeur d'Alene don't get it. Boise actually rated pretty good. I So far, from what I've found, 30 and 40 seems to be really good because I'm not finding much better than that, except for two places. I couldn't find Elmer, Missouri. This is where uh, some of my uh, family was from. Uh, I'm going to try to M-O is Missouri, right? Yeah. yeah. And. It found a kind of an area. Elmer, as far as I know, might not even be there anymore. It's, I mean, when I was there 30, 40 years ago, the downtown was almost non-existent. Um, so when it's showing me La Plata, so maybe that's right next to it. It's rates, drum roll. Whoops, I hate, I was a little quick on my drum roll. Crime rate is... Ninety-nine. <laughs> wow. And where my uh, uncle lives in South Dakota, I think came uh, to ninety. These are the now. I didn't, you know. These are the kind of places I know to search. So there, there might be. Um, oh, it's not. That's uh, Red Deer. That's where uh, someone else. <laughs> that's, that's, a couple, yes, uh... that's a little more north. It's Red Field, uh, North Dakota. Or South Dakota, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, this this guy covers the territory of South Dakota too. This guy's territory is really big uh, for software, so he he could be really sending me all over looking for stuff. Yeah, here's here's Redfield, and I think I'm we're gonna find they they have one stoplight and they're thinking about taking it out because it causes too much congestion. <laughs> I hear Richard laughing in the background on that. He's checked out. But he laughed at that. And it's true. They, they think that the one light, it's a, it rates a 90. There's like two violent crimes, 15 property crimes. Um, oh, your chances are 1 in 1,178 of being a victim of crime. When, when he was out here for my grandmother's funeral, I was messing with my kids. I said, ask, ask your uncle where the keys to his, his truck are. So they did. And he's like, well, and they're the, in the truck. Where else would they be? In the ignition, yeah. <laughs> and the truck's back in South Dakota. You know, in the driveway. I said, ask him if his house is locked. He says, why would I lock my house? 
my neighbors might have to go in and, you know, shut a water off or, or something. And he told me before he came out, he says, that, you know, my car was in getting an oil or oil change or something. And I went over to the shop. And the music was playing. I didn't see anybody around, so I wrote the guy a check, put it under a, you know, weight, took my keys, and drove my car away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's cars all over, keys hanging there. That's awesome. Yeah, see? Yeah, there's not too many places. Well, there's probably more than we think over in flyover country in some areas, but, you know, we're, we're so used to, you know, the way we live here, to think that there's areas like that is almost foreign. Uh, this area that, oh, I, I don't know if I put in... This area in Utah, see, how many is a trim a ton? Utah, I think it's called. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Trim, trim a ton. Uh, and this was an area that was not a Mormon settlement. It was actually a German settlement. Um, interestingly enough, not that I have an issue with Mormons or fine people, as far as I know. My neighbors are Mormon. Did I tell you my neighbor died? No. This was just like totally out of the blue. The guy, he has asthma, and he, I guess he had an asthma attack one day, and they couldn't get the tube in. They, were, they took him to the hospital, they, it was, and he had a, like a heart attack or a brain seizure or something the next day. It's like the guy's like not that much older than I am. You know, just, just a shock, you know, uh, when we found that out. They're not sure how much longer they could be able to live here. Okay, so this area I'm looking at with a high probability in Utah is an index of 27. You know, but there's 12 violent crimes, 250 property crimes. Your, your, your chances are one in 641. See, now you're one in 700 and something. Yes. And you're 40. So between 27 and 40, that's 100, you know. Uh, I, and again, I, I don't know really if I'm, I mean, you, now I've had another, somebody look at these. I mean, the, are you, it doesn't seem like it's by percentage of, of, you know, it seems like 11 is 11. It's 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 not really saying by size a city. It's just saying cities, period. You know, I'm 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 really not <coughs> not hate sure. Him. What, Richard? I was gonna say I hate to bring it up, but we've been spending about 20 minutes talking about crime statistics and everything. I was gonna say, and we're we got a two-hour show here, so I was thinking. I was just hoping people that we we got listeners all over the world. Yeah. So, but I, I, I'm feeling you there, Richard. All right, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking we should bring up the, the last, the last subject here and call, call it a day, call oh. it a show. Okay, is call this the last subject? You want to? No, wanna... no, no. We have one last subject that <laughs> okay. has to be brought up. All right, what's the one last subject? What is uh, it? Passing of Diane Disney. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we there we got down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's because you know why? Because it sounded interesting, right? We were like, "Oh, wow, yeah. this serious." Yeah, it's that was kind of out of the blue in a shock, and uh, but she was eighty, right? Seventy nine, eighty. Seventy nine, eighty. Yeah. Yeah, but 70. why she died? I mean, complications of a fall. So I don't know if it was a head injury, broken hip. So is it too uh, soon to do with the "I fallen and I can't get up" joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, Mark's got all Mark Eads got all kinds of things on his Facebook site. You know, if anybody wants to check Mark Eads out on Facebook, uh, X Imagineer does a lot of Disney coverage for the Register. He's got a few interviews with her, and I think Floyd Norman, also you know, ex animator for Disney, has uh, some stuff about her. A lot of people say there's a lot about her that she just not. Yeah, she was like a philanthropist, I guess, without needing the attention. 
they say she was just a real generous person. So there's a lot up there about her um, and some interviews if you want to check that out. I was just surprised. And in all these pictures I've seen of her, I haven't seen Ron Miller in any of them. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think after his failed uh, his failure at running the company, I think he just kind of took a low low profile. And but well, if, it was, if it wasn't for her, there'd be no Walt Disney Family Museum. I know that. Yeah, and I, I realize they live up there. I just thought, I'm like, why did they do the Disney Museum up there? I know she's up there, but you would have thought it would have been closer to uh, the main state. But I'm actually thinking now it's probably good it's not, and it's in kind of a cool area. Spread the love around. But, I mean, I've seen a few times where he Ron's been with her, but I was just surprised at, at her death, at the passing, that you didn't see more, uh, more of him. And he, I think he's older than she is, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, he's not with us much longer but you know you talk about you know the last of the disney child you know children gone now because uh, sharon died sometime a long ago. time ago yeah uh, but she had what like seven kids and yeah i mean there's a, there's a walt disney jr i believe uh uh to um where did i see that because it's in the credits it's of that that one, man one that of... golden dream man one or whatever the movie they made about him like Walt Disney, the man in the myth. Yeah. Uh, uh, Walt Elias Disney Miller. There you go. So, um, no, but, they were. Uh, Ron Miller was born the uh, same year as Diane. Oh, okay. So it seems like you know it's almost like I, I the end of the era was with the dad, but you know when they're when they're children, like when Roy died, you're like that. It's like that family connect that straight family connection to the the father got cut or the mother you know when that's done it's like really done you know because the grandkids weren't really i mean i don't know when those grandkids were born but you never really you, everything you heard was the daughters you, yeah you never saw walt with his grandchildren did you right you never saw roy i've never well, seen roy's with his no, there's kids. there's a uh, famous color picture of walt uh, around 65 66 where he's sitting on the grass and he has a couple of little kids around him, and those are his grandkids that are around him. But not know. a lot of pictures then. Famous, but I I've seen that. I know what you mean. Okay, but it they were never a big part of the story like the kids were. Yeah, Lillian and uh, not Lillian, uh, and then, Sharon, and Sharon and Diane Sharon, were. Diane, yeah. And they've they've never been part of you know Sharon and Diane weren't really part of the company either. But you got Roy who came up in the company. Um, so I mean, those are you know people who are really involved as family with the company now, you know, cause with her doing the museum kind of made her a good connection, uh, live, you know, having a legacy live on, you haven't really, you know, seen that. Um, or I don't think you will see that. I, I don't know how involved her kids were in any of it. I know the, the one you just mentioned, Walter Elias, Disney Miller, he's, he was involved in making that, uh, documentary. So I'm not sure if he does anything else like that, or it was just for this, you know, the one shot, uh, but it just caught me out of left field, just like when Roy died. It's like, what? what do you mean Roy died? It's Roy, you know, he's, you know, when you say Roy, you mean Roy E, right? Yeah, yeah. I just was surprised when, you know, those happened. You know, you don't always, you know, some people you thought, they're not dead yet? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. just, just died? Was that Phyllis Diller? She just died? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, you're talking about, um, you know, Diane, uh, kind of being very quiet about all the stuff that she's did. I know as far as the company, she let, well, initially when Ron was was considered to be the next person to take in charge, she let that go on. And then now 
the whole scandal with all that took place. But then when Roy stepped in, Roy E. Disney. Scandal. Well, there there was the whole thing that where uh, when Ron came in, there was a couple projects that were just kind of put the company into, you know, you had text came out. That's when Splash was coming out. The company was undervalued. So you had a couple of the corporate raids taking place. His fault. He stepped into a, you know, a shit storm. Yeah, basically. Yeah. None of it was his doing. He just happened to Ron. Oh, Ron Miller. Ron Miller. So, and then when Roy under E. Disney, you know, hmm? I said Ron started Touchstone. I mean, that right. was his his guard. Yeah. But, I mean, the whole, all the crap that was going on with the takeovers and a lot of the other stuff and a lot of the other projects uh, that were going on that were considered costly and whatnot were done prior to him taking, he, he only had the reins for not quite a full year or about 13 months or something like that yeah, before it he was kicked out. I mean, in fact, because I read in in the Disney Wars book, there's a little anecdote about, you know, uh, Eisner going to visit Ron when, you know, he thought he had made the deal and told everybody he was quitting at Paramount and then it didn't get approved, I think, on the first round. I don't remember all the details. And he went to visit Ron saying, you know, kind of like, I can feel you. They're doing the same thing to me. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I think even... You know, Eisner recognized that, uh, you know, you know, it wasn't Ron's fault what was going on. And I think if anybody's read the Storming the Magic Kingdom, Ron might have been a little naive, uh, thinking, you know, Wall Street would back down because this is an American institution. But, you know, I don't necessarily blame him. Though I have heard some people of what I would call authority that kind of know inside stories that thought he was an idiot, that he should never have risen to that level anyways. But, yeah. You know, I don't know personally. I mean, you know, we didn't know him, and um, you no, just can really kind of, the opportunity to there. Yeah, you've got to kind of base it on what you read and make your own decision on that. But uh, I was going to what I was going to lead into was uh, Roy kind of came in and kind of started stepping in, and taking charge, and that's when he was bringing in uh, Eisner, and that brought in Wells, and well, so Roy. That's- that's that's an oversimplification, but yeah, Roy was, you know, Roy was the largest single shareholder, so you know, Roy had some right. But know. I mean, he kind of stepped in, and Diane let him. I mean, Diane really didn't step in there. To she, she kind of, uh, I want to say, what do you want to be? You know, solidarity. I mean, she stayed right there, and she didn't. was power, she was powerless. What she what could she have done? Other than oh, she's also a shareholder, and she could have out, been outspoken. In the years at the end, or uh, uh, I would say at the uh, final years of uh, when Eisner was around, Diane was doing a lot more stepping in and telling people, "This is what we need to do. This is how it needs to happen." Uh, if I remember correctly, in one in the uh, oh, it wasn't Storm of the Man. It was uh, talking did, about. Did she get all pissed off about some book that was written? Yeah, the uh, and she she took people to task. She took people in the company to task for. I think it was Disney's World, but uh, nobody in the company approved that book. And it um, it's the one that talked about the uh, uh, the drinking and the smoking, the small world orgy, and uh, or no, no, uh, Snow, <laughs> White, Snow or- White orgy. 
No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't. They, for a long time, you remember the two families were kind of feuding because they really believed that Walt ripped Roy off with uh, you know Retlaw and a lot of the other things where he took most of the the money and the rights to a lot of things. Uh, I mean, the Disney side of the family had sold a lot of share off. I mean, they didn't have much power other than saying, I'm the daughter of Disney. I mean, Roy had more shares. He had, uh, he was the one that, you know, stepped in and started to orchestrate. He wanted to take it private. And, you know, the rest of the company wasn't interested in being private. He was trying, his initial thing when I was reading it was, let's become a private company again. We don't need to be a corporate you know, the shares traded and be public, but you know, well, that's what it let's, is. Let's back up. I mean, Sharon was on the board of directors for quite a little while until her death. And Roy kind of was staying off onto the side for a little bit when the whole thing with when Ron kind of got ousted in there and they had, uh, I'm trying to remember, I can see his face, I can't remember his name, was brought in as the interim CEO. Uh, was it Rob Watt or Roy, or Watt, was it Watson? I think Watson came in temporarily. Yeah, Watson, that's who it was. Watson came in as as CEO and was running the company. That's when Roy kind of started stepping in and started saying, wait a second, you know, you guys are, they, they were doing a couple poison pills, they were setting up some parachutes, they uh, we're doing all the, and Roy was like, what the hell are you guys doing to the company? You're, you're just messing things up even worse. And so he was the one that, uh, really pushed hard. He, uh, got the, uh, um, uh, the Bass family involved uh, to come in as a white knight. Uh, they wanted somebody involved. He want, Roy was really looking at Michael Eisner. Uh, Richard Bass really wanted to have Frank Wells. So they compromised and brought them both in. Actually, there was—I uh, think they also considered. Uh, I want to say it was the guy that was at Warner Brothers at the time. I can't remember his name. He's considered an ass in the, you know, in the uh, in Hollywood. But he was one of the considerations. Uh, well, Warner Brothers—that would have been Frank Wells. He was in charge of Warner Brothers at the time. Uh, I don't think so. I'm trying. Yeah. What was the guy's name? Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember because I've read those books a couple times, but I'm but not. What I was going to go for is later on when uh, Eisner was having his problems, you know, about 2003, 2004, that's when Diane finally stepped in and she came up to him and said, the time is now. You have to leave now. Uh, she really started uh, taking strides in uh, protecting a lot of her uh father and her family's legacy in there she started being a little bit more outspoken and uh you know just being out there in the forefront a lot more wells and, like vice said, president at warner brothers who wells was vice president at warner brothers was he vice? Okay. west coast west coast oh yeah he was president for a little while too sorry so um can't think of the other guy's name though. I had the opportunity. Did you guys ever meet her? No. I had the opportunity on a couple of occasions to meet her. One time was during an interview. I wasn't doing the interview. I was just holding the microphone, so watching the sound levels. But uh, very, very nice lady, but very 
protective of her father and family's legacy. Well, good for her in that regard. Yeah, I mean, why? Yeah, why wouldn't you be? Unless you're like, uh, was it uh, Reagan's daughter for a while? That was so Reagan's daughter. No, somebody's daughter was bad mouthing the. Uh, well, Reagan's kid, his son, for a while was kind of. Uh, yeah, Reagan. Reagan's daughter was. Uh, she's like a lefty. Patty Davis. Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, Barry Diller was one of the early choices for. Um, uh, before Wells and um, uh, Eisner, if I remember right, he was some of the board's first choice. But he's also considered a real prick, if I remember right. Um, I think he is. Yes. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that was. I mean, it was a traumatic time back then. I just, I've just in all the reading, I haven't heard of her interacting much. But maybe that's the maybe that's the silent history we don't hear about. You know. Either way, I think that uh, yeah, it's kind of sad. She, she represents like the last, um, yeah, it's kind of like family the, member that that or Disney uh, person with the Disney name that's actually working on Disney things. Well, she she is the last. I mean, Sharon's gone. Well, no, uh, I'm talking. Oh, but see, okay, so Roy E. He has a son named Roy. Roy O. is dad. Roy E. is son. Yes, and then Roy E. has a boy. That's Roy something Disney. Right, but Roy, you, he's got Roy Patrick Disney. P, okay, yeah, okay. Lord, but Abigail Edna Disney and Timothy Disney. Okay, but Roy P Disney, Roy, none of Roy E's kids. Do you hear about being involved in any only company one stuff? of them has a link in Wikipedia? Um, it says she's an American filmmaker. Abigail E Disney is an American filmmaker and scholar known for her documentary films. Focus on social oh, themes. Okay, but do you, do you know? Yeah, you never heard of her, right? You you never heard of her in Disney circles. No, but you know, I watched even, something the other night. That, even Walter Elias, Disney Miller, you don't hear about him in Disney circles. Well, I was going to say, children of Diane Marie Disney. Uh, wait, who's is that? Uh, maybe this, is that her middle name? Yes. Okay, Christopher Disney Miller. Don't know him, right? Oh, Anna Sharon Miller. Don't know her, right? Miller Share, Jennifer Miller Golf. Don't know if that's the Gulf of uh, Goff. Goff as a Hopper Goff, Harper Goff, maybe could be uh, Walter Elias Disney Miller, Ronald William Miller and Jr. So you see that Walter Elias Disney Miller is like our age, right? Yeah, I see that. Okay, but do you know? I mean, is he involved in any company things? No, no. The only thing I've ever seen his name on was that one documentary. Uh, documentary. And that's yeah. and. As I'm looking through here, you know, with and there's no link, which makes me think they're just quietly living their life as a you know distant relative of Walt Disney. You know, I did speaking of Disney people, though Eisner, you know, Eisner's kid became a director, filmmaker, um, Sahara, which some people didn't like. I kind of enjoy. There's a film I enjoyed and kind of you know the book was so much guilty better. pleasure. Yeah, the book was so much better. Exactly, but you know, yeah, some good. Uh, Let's put it this way. You know, script writing books, it's the the, the actual best way of writing a script is not being true to the original. I don't buy it, but that's that's considered sacred in script writing, but, you know, whatever. But Sahara the... Mike? Yes. Sahara Sahara the movie was far better than Raise the Titanic the movie, even though I like that movie too. (sighs) Even that, that book is cheesy and so, you know, takes a lot of liberties with Disney Uh, uh, stage. Um... But no, we, that's iceberg. 
is it Iceberg the one where they're going through pirates? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. was bad. Um, we watched a movie. Was it? This, it's with Tim Oliphant. Um, kind of a zombie-like movie. And I noticed at the very end, I was like, "Oh, that's it's uh, um, it's uh, Eisner's kid that directed it." I want to say it was it was uh, was it the not the scaries. Um, Either way, the 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 point I'm making, and you guys are proving really well for me, is that <laughs> she's gone, and and there's no Disney family member that's heavily involved in. Disney things. Does that make sense? You're absolutely correct. No, and there might be some on the board of the museum, uh, but nobody that's, let's say, that is in the forefront, you know, putting themselves out there, right? Yeah. 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 The crazies. This is what the crazies. crazies. Uh, All right. Oh, see, Richard just uh, linked or something IMDb for somebody. Walter Elias Disney Miller. I just found it kind of interesting. He was even he was uh, in Son of Flubber as a baby. Ah, how funny! Oh, I see he's got some credits for Walton El Grupo and our Grandpa Walt Disney. That's that's about it there. Yeah, I mean it'd be interesting to hear if these young, you know, when they're very young. Like, I really only you know I knew my grandmothers, but he kind of died like my grandfather did. Really. When I was real young, three, four, maybe. I don't really have other than pictures, you know, uh, film. I don't really remember interacting. It'd be interesting to to know if they really, you know, what how old they were and what they thought or remembered. If it, it was just Grandpa, then make you know, oh, we happen to be at Disneyland today. It's just Grandpa. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because um, you, I, I, I've read that you know, Sharon and Diane really didn't like going to Disneyland. To them, that you know, the wife and the the daughters could have cared less. That was dad's thing. That was yeah. work, right? So, you know, it's not you know, not everybody gets it. So, all right. So, uh, would you say we've? Um, well, we've beat the horse. Yeah, we're we can wrap it up. But we also haven't had a show in a couple weeks. Yeah, I know. Oh, more than that. <laughs> well, yeah, a couple months maybe. No, it hasn't been that long. Month and it's well, kind of been a month. Just because you haven't, you didn't release one we recorded for like two or three weeks till after we gotta stretch it out, dude. <laughs> All, right. All right, is this one going to be released within the next day or so? A couple days. Okay, then I will say Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this will. I'll drop it on Thanksgiving as a Thanksgiving Day gift for everybody. Oh, that would be so. And, nice. Isn't it? And, and from. And from those of us here at MiceCast, may all your turkeys be fun ones. Yes. <laughs> Wait, are you starting it or am I? I did just to see if he would. There I go. All right, then, on behalf of uh, my two colleagues here, I'm going to say thank you for listening and good night. Yeah, good night, fellas.